What a spoon. Okay, well, I don't know how to do this. But um we gonna we gonna bless God in the house. Um <clears throat> let me Hey y'all, how y'all doing? Good morning. Um I'm trying to see can I play some music get it started? I'm sorry, I got yeah no I Y'all know I got a baby in my life, right? And been over here since six this morning because of my mask got away. And I don't know about y'all, but I ain't never been woke up this early. In the <laughs> That's what I was about and, to ask you. Are you okay? And, and you sound stressed. You know, like, you just, you know heard me, like, like, we been, I ain't never, like, six in the, like, she woke me, like, I ain't had time to pray. Like, I need somebody else to do the prayer this morning. <laughs> like, so. Oh, Lord Jesus. Like, dog. Like, she was, like, she was stuff on my couch. She, she, how like, she, is, like, how the dog is, keep how it How old is the little back, the little thigh? You know, she's two. She's two oh. now. She's two oh, now. Oh, yeah. God bless she's you. Two now. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was born December. You know, and I, this is the baby I've been watching. I, I was watching the first one, which was Mason. After Mason was this one. And this is the one I've been keeping for the longest now. And she, she, she too now. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's Martin Luther King Day, so I guess her daycare clothes or something. Yep. And she a little sick or something. So that's another problem. Because I was watching her yesterday, but she was sleep all day yesterday because she was sick. So I ain't had no problems with her yesterday. Today, I guess she feels a little bit better. So she want to, you know, turn it just, up. just mm-hmm. touch on stuff and just, just feel like she well, just, I- well, I say yeah. this, she been up since, she probably been up since before six, but she uh, probably yeah, been yeah. up. Nap time coming soon, honey. Nap yeah. time is coming. And, and, and that's what I was kind of waiting on. I was figuring she was probably going, you know, some fall asleep soon. I gave her some oatmeal. Salt, some applesauce. Oatmeal yeah. or cream and wheat. Oatmeal or cream and wheat puts them down. Straight down. Well, I gave her some of these, since she had some chips. I gave her some, what's this look uh, like? Chips ain't going to do it. Sauce. It looked like applesauce. Uh-oh, I mean, I got some chicken. You want some chicken? Huh, oh my lord! How old is the baby? Girl, she's a bitch. How old is she? Ah, bite the chicken. Ah, yeah, she bit the chicken. Give her baby some oatmeal, some some, yeah. some, some, uh, some strawberry cream oatmeal. That baby gonna. Something that's gonna stick on that baby stomach, honey, and make her food. <laughs> okay, I mean, well, I don't. I gotta see what her mama packed in her bag because I don't. You know, I ain't packed the baby bag. Like when she woke me up at six in the morning, the alarm was literally just going off. And I'm like, come on now, like, I'm naked. I gotta put on some clothes. I gotta take a shower, I gotta do something. She's like, oh no, I'm outside. I said, okay, well, you know what? Let me just throw some clothes. Nah, I'll be down there in a second. So, okay. I'm gonna try to play some music on my car, but I can't figure out, cause I'm out here Ubering early this morning, cause we had a little ice storm. So can't I know, I know, I know how to play some music. I just gotta, you know what I'm saying, get my excited music, cause you know, y'all, y'all tried to, y'all tried to play me Friday. Like you know, say like, like no, make sure you know. at least like make sure it's no longer than four minutes. That's all. <laughs> Dude, they were playing no, no old school Parliament long songs back in the day. They used to play, you know, no Grateful Dead or nothing. None of them long songs. Listen, I don't recover. I'm excited today. I done got my little stink over here who's been terrorize my whole day. Like she want to put on everybody's shoes. Like I swear, I like I'm telling you, I'm gonna put video. Like she just be want to like put everybody's shoes. Just want to. Just, just sit down. 
just, just lay down. Just take a nap. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play a song. I think I know how to do it um, without using Google since I can't go up to my office. Hey, can you give me that real quick? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. Hey, come here. Thank you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I got Barney on the TV. Okay. There we go. I'm going to cut to this song and then we'll be right there. Oh, yeah. oh, Lord. I, I, don't I, don't know. Know. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to throw on the TV when she came over. <laughs> Let me cut to the song. And JY, when I come back, hopefully you can pray because, like I said, I'm a little preoccupied. So when I come I may in, have a ride on the car, hopefully. I, I got I'm picking up somebody, but I'm trying to head back home, but I keep getting rides on the way home. But uh, if not, I got you, boss. I got you. All right, if not, hey, we got people in the room. So I'm going to cut to this song. They can pray. They can, they, I mean, they pray as you pass the treatment. Hey, sit down. Okay, let me cut to this and I'll be right back. I'm going to win. You going to win. Everybody around me with it. Everything around me.
listening to my sound effects right now. Can you sit down, little girl, please? Like, y'all help me out. Like, I don't know what to do. Why y'all do this every day? Y'all do this in real life? Each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day off, not know where you're listening from. You know what I'm saying? Whether you start your day off with work, coming home from work, already at work, someone working out, whatever the case may be, we still want to make sure that you're starting your day off the right way. Meaning with the right people, conversation, motivation, inspiration, attitude, all the other right good stuff. Say good morning. Say good morning. Say hey. Hey. Say good morning. You can't say good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Hey. Hey. Say good morning. Hey. She say hey, but she can't say good morning. Say good morning. Say hey. Say good morning. Girl. Why are you taking a deep breath? You know what, Emma? She's trying to tell you that's too many words. Yeah, okay, well, bye. See you later for a bit. I'm going to do my greeting. Jetwa, can you pray us in real quick? All right, I'm going to try. I got my rider in the car, so she might end up going in too. So, uh, <laughs> Father, we just come thank you right now for everything you've done, doing everything you're going to do, God. We just ask, Lord, that you um, be with us today, Father, that you allow us to uh, truly enjoy our time with each other, though a lot of us may be off work uh, or may be at work. Um, you show up no matter what place that we're at, Father. Allow everyone to get something out of this, whether it be a, a new knowledge, new understanding, uh, a new way of looking at life, or a new way of a, a new way of doing things. But also enjoy the conversation. Let us be entertained. Let us find laughter and joy in each and every single uh, interaction that we have, whether it be uh, joyfulness or whether it be just us being silly or even if it's a challenging conversation, allow us to still find some joy out of it. Because when it's all said and done, you get all of the glory and we give you all praise and we give you all in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Listen, um, I'm going to go ahead and cut to another short song. You know, Jay, well, I got me on standby. He got me on check. I'm going to cut to another short song real quick so I can go ahead and get some tissue, wipe her nose, and all the other stuff. And then we're going to come right back so we can do the scripture and we can check in right after that. I ain't going to cut into a song after that. I'm just going to go ahead and do the scripture. And then hopefully we can just check in after that so we can get it started because I know I'm already, I mean, already an hour late. And, you know, we'll do, we'll do, but we go. Hey, can you give me that? Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and ping, make sure y'all ping some people in the room, share the room, all the other stuff, because I definitely ain't did it this morning because I barely almost started the room. So y'all help me out this morning and we're going to continue, you know what I'm saying, move forward with this way. Um, hey, can you...
Good morning. Say it. Good morning. Oh. Never mind. That's not how you say it. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> she trying to hold the phone, press the phone, press the button. Anyway, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every weekday morning with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music to start our day. I'm sure where you're listening from. If you're on your way to work, coming home from work, already at work. Somewhere working out, maybe you caught off work today, whatever the case may be, or maybe you just out work because it's actually MLK day. Because I ain't gonna count. Shout out to all the black people who just decided to call off work just because Martin Luther King died today. I was gonna say Martin Luther King, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, he didn't die, it was his birthday. It's representing his birthday, he ain't died today. Okay, well, we celebrate Jesus' birthday, don't we? Jesus died just like. Martin Luther King died. So we just gonna celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday just because he died. We'll celebrate his death, we celebrate his birth. Amen? Amen. So we're gonna celebrate for all the black people who decided to call off today because it was MLK birthday. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna thank God because I'm I'm gonna do a half day. I'm gonna do a half day. You know what I'm saying? I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a small business owner, big business owner, medium business owner, I'm a ministry business owner. So I'm just gonna do a half a day. So, but yeah, shout out to all the, you know what I'm saying, people who was able to get the day off. Because, you know what I'm saying, I don't think black people should work on black people holidays. Like, I don't know. I think that's only for white people. 
Yeah, no cap. Yeah, real strong, solid. I'm glad my rider's not in the car no more because she sure was white. I'm glad she's running in here. You was really cutting up. I'm glad she is too. I lost the whole whole listener just because you know. Let me get to the scripture today. Let me. No, she got you good. You good, boss? Let me stick to the script. The scripture of the day. Come on. Anyway, that was funny. But um, scripture today today comes from. uh, I look up to Jay. Jay, I want to be a comedy. uh, uh, Not a comedy. A comedian, you gonna have to train me one day, cause I be thinking I'm funny, but my jokes just never land. Like they just never land. Pray for me, pray for me. But uh, scripture today comes from John chapter number eight, starting at the thirty-first verse, reading to the thirty-second verse, and it's coming from the New International Version, and I'm reading to you via BibleGateway.com. Uh, it says to the Jews. Uh, to, yeah, to the Jews who had believed Jesus, he said, if you hold to my teachings, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Period. That's it. That's all. I mean, yeah, that's, that's really it. It says to the Jews who believe that they are my disciples, Jesus said unto them, if you believe in my teachings, you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and it will set free unto you. With that, um, yeah, and I'll tell you each and every day morning, I'm not nobody's senior pastor, theologian, doctor, expert. I'm just, you know, prophet of God who believed the God has sent him to decree and declare a word. And on this morning, I can't even, like, you know, say anything but what the spirit allows me to say and it's just me living the truth um without i mean i wouldn't i would i don't know but listen i got a clothing line called living in truth it's called lit for god and anyone who knows me knows that i'm always lit no matter how you describe that word you can always count on my as that because i'm always on 10 because god has blessed me to live a powerful life and it stands for living in truth. When I look at this scripture and when I re- read this scripture, it talks about, like, if I honestly understand who Jesus is, when I understand his walk, I understand that I can actually live in the truth of him. I can live in the wisdom of him. I can have fun in who he is. I ain't going to cap y'all. Like, I be, like, I, like, even though I be complaining about it, it's fun waking up at 6 in the morning to, a, like, a little kid, a two-year-old kid. And I feel like, okay, so... What we finna do is this breakfast thing. Why your clothing done? Okay, so what we finna do with your house? Like, okay, so why your mama ain't bring like like it's kind of fun for me. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna care. It's, excuse me, I was gonna choke. It sounds a little chaotic, but I have fun and I find faith in that. I find trust in that. So even as it correlates to the scripture, because like I say, I'm not here to be too preachy. I'm not here to be too pastor and all the other stuff because i believe god sent me to do all that i believe god sent me to give the truth and be the truth and guess what you're gonna accept the truth so with that being said the scripture of the day you know what i'm saying simply gives what it gives if jesus gives you the word if he gives you you know what i'm saying all that he needs you if you do his teaching you will be a disciple but with that you know what i'm saying teaching with that understanding with that knowledge hopefully you know what i'm saying you will live in truth you will be set free by the truth because truth is you know what i'm saying 
I love it. I live for it. And everything that God is teaching me and doing in my life is setting me free. With that being said, I'm finna go ahead and check in because it's that time. You know what I'm saying? I'm already, I'm already a little bit late. And I got this kid out there and she's like literally on 10. And I'm trying to go ahead and put her down essence. But you're right. I think a boost of energizer or something. So we finna play real quick. Now I'm finna turn her up, throw her in the air, throw her around the living room, throw her around the couch, let the dog run around real quick while everybody check in. And hopefully by the end of check in, guess what? She gonna be ready to lay her little butt down. I ain't even cap because she been up since like six this morning. And I thought like yesterday she came over here and went to sleep. Today, I guess she I guess she got over her little illness or her mama said she gave her some Pedialyte yesterday or something like that. So I guess she a little happy. I don't know what she doing, but hey, it is what it is. I put her in that little pen. So she down there in that pen. That's why I ain't even worried about right now. As long as she in that pen, I don't gotta worry about her going nowhere. <laughs> oh the dog. And I know how I learned how to separate it, right? So I put, I put the dog on one side and I put the baby on the other side. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm dead one on one. But let me go ahead and check in. Listen, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Welcome, welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet. Oh, hold on. I hear crying. Never mind. That didn't work. Listen, you see how God gets you? You see how God... Hold on. You all right? You good? Yeah? All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, Yeah, y'all see how my morning started. Um, I'm on the way. I'm, I'm on the way. It's like, I'm... I'm I don't know how people like JY. Shout out to you because you got a wife. Shout out to everybody else, Pastor Charles. Shout out to Pastor Charles, Pat, all the people who got a wife. Because I could, I can imagine doing this. Like I couldn't imagine doing it without. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah, because it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm decent right now. The weather, I don't know right now because, yeah, I don't got my laptop in front of me. I ain't trying to figure it out or whatnot because. It's just a lot going on. Um, as far as the, the the breakfast this morning, we didn't have oatmeal, we didn't have chicken, we didn't have cheese puffs, we didn't have, um, we didn't have fruit snacks. <laughs> I don't know, child, I got a kid right now. We didn't have some anything. <laughs> so yeah, we didn't have uh, what apple juice. I done had like uh, um, what is that? The the the, the frozen. Starbucks, what is it, iced coffee, Starbucks. So yeah, we had something at that. That's just that's just how my morning going. Um well I think that's it for right now. Yeah, I'll pray. It's just just pray for me right now. Well like, yeah, just pray for me. Just pray for me. Cause it ain't like it's a bad thing. It's just I would I would love to just be like, you know what, I changed my mind. You ever like went to work and like was like, you know what, I I, I don't think I can stay today because 'cause I'm sick. I don't think, you know what I'm saying, I can stay today because, you know what I'm saying, this is not the right day for me. I feel like, I want to call her mom and be like, you know what, it's Martin Luther King Day. I had it yesterday, I had it today. I'm just not, but you know what, I ain't going to be that type of, you know what I'm saying, person. So I'm just going to walk it out. And y'all just continue to pray for me because we're going to go down now. We finna eat some Cheetos. We finna watch Frozen. We finna watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And we finna have a blessed day. I'm finna cook because I got some meat down there unthawing. So I'm and granted it's hamburger helper, but you know what I'm saying? I got some meat down there unthawing for the hamburger helper. And we just gonna have a blessed day. But that's why I check in. That's how I'm starting my morning. Pull to refresh to see who you guys are on the stage. If you hadn't already, go ahead and shut your room and we're gonna continue to go in that order. 
Sacrifice that she that that happened when you like whew, 
ain't gonna cap. Man, messing with that, bro. Like it's a two year old. Come on, man. Like you, 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 you only got him for a, her for a day, man. Messing with that. You say that like it's something easy, okay? Well, listen, I'm gonna ship you a two year old and see how easy it is for you to watch. It. I've had three of them. Then I end up having a. Uh, I had three of them. I've been to, been there, done that. I had a two year old with a little a one year old because all my kids are back to back to back. So been there done that wrote a t-shirt got a book gia were you working from home on multiple businesses or jobs i had a job i was a comedian uh and uh i worked a lot and i had a daycare provider yes i did but you know uh but yeah it is what it is i did it when i had three of them imagine how it is me trying to prophesy Listen, listen, it sounds to me like you're just finding any reason right now. Ah, ah, and then here it is. You got to do Listen, it is not easy doing a prayer call when you got a baby and a dog in the background. I'm sorry. It's just not. Have I, got, you I got four. I got four and a dog in the background. You think it's easy with a 13, a 12, a 8, and a 5, and a dog? No. It's the same drama. It's just people more empathetic with what's going on. You can tell them to shut up. I can't tell the two-year-old to shut up and she understands. You can, but they ain't going to listen. They don't listen. They ain't going to listen. I tell my five-year-old, I'm going into a meeting, in the middle of the meeting, here she comes. Can I have some chips? Such and such won't play with me. Something told me to be quiet. Dad, they telling me to shut up. You ain't telling me, like, like my cousin said, been there, done that. That's nothing. But yo, you're not even doing prayer calls right now. You on here chatting with us. So what is you complaining for? You ain't doing none of that right now. Right. You don't need quiet right wait, now. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> Get on Vera call, mom. We can hardly hear you. You gotta come back to the phone, bro. Oh, hello. It's still up. Oh, no, you come on back. You sound like Mama Lynn. Come on, come on to the mic. Come on back. Hey, hey don't shoot no shot to my mama. She ain't in here to defend herself. <laughs> she got to defend herself. We've been doing this with her for a year. We know what she sound like. <laughs> with her budget Bluetooth. Every week. Hey, not too much for your mama. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. Yeah, it was still on music mode because that's the only way I can play the music. But yeah, it's, it's just hard. Who is it next to check in? Go ahead. I think it's on Ebony, yeah, actually, right? Hey, yeah. Ebony, it's on you. Go ahead. Good morning. It is 27 degrees here in the DMV. We woke up to some, like, flurries. It's like covering the car, but it's not really, like, on the street. So we got a little bit of a break, and then it's going to start snowing hard again at, like, 5 o'clock. So I'm up. Baby is up. My daughter is with my mother-in-law. Um, so I got to run some errands, different stuff done before she get home and the snow starts again. So I am um, chilling. I had a Nutri-Grain bar, drinking a Coke. Ugh, somebody gave me a Coke yesterday, so I said I would try it. Pepsi is still supreme. I can't I can't do this Coca-Cola stuff. Um, let's see. Just fat baby boy. Uh, we can ready to get him dressed. Oh, no, get me dressed. He's dressed. And then pop out of here, go to the pharmacy, go see my husband. And come on home. So I'll be here cackling with y'all for a bit. Oh, and I'm on a, I'm on a four. I'm on a four. 
there he go with a call and he gonna come back talking about I can't do no prank call. You didn't prank call two minutes, child. Ebony, you was real cool with me till you start saying you like Pepsi over Coke. I, I I drink Pepsi. I come in here every morning and say I'm drinking a Pepsi mango. I say it every morning. Pepsi is, is it for me. Coke is just really sweet cola. Like it don't have like the caffeine punch. Like it don't have it don't have the punch of Pepsi for me. So I thought you drunk Pepsi Mango because you ain't had no choice. You know, that was what people was giving to you. No, how would I not have told. a choice? I'm a grown adult that can buy my own groceries. <laughs> I always have a choice. I thought it was just donating. you giving you like a... No. No. That's, my, that's my choice. Pepsi is my, my cola of choice. Oh, well, bless your soul. I'm going to pray for you, okay? I'm going to pray. Yeah, pray I get a couple more cases of Pepsi Mango because they always sold out. And Coca-Cola be sitting right there on the shelf because nobody drink that crap. Oh, I went to Kroger the other day and they had a ton of Pepsi Mango. See, we don't have Kroger it's here. We don't have Kroger. So. Sorry. Sorry. And Pepsi yeah, we don't have here. Coke. Pepsi is better than Coke. I got a quick question. It is. Is it safe that my dog is like my eye robot in my house. Like when a baby come over and wakes stuff on the floor, I just let my dog go back and clean it up. Like she just lick everything. As long as it's not chocolate. Yeah, as long as it ain't chocolate. Um, okay. It should be it should be fine. Cause it's like, not as, like she just, a lot of chocolate. Like, I don't know why, but two years just like to pour stuff out. So here I am picking up Cheetos off the floor. And honestly, I wouldn't have to pick them up off the floor. If I would let the dog out, but I can't let the dog out because sometimes the dog be jumping up on her and the dog ain't out of that biting spirit yet. So it's like, God dog on it. Well, you got to pick the stuff up because you don't want her to eat it up off the floor. So. Who, the dog or the baby? No, the child. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's how you build a strong immune system. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. But then again, I'm a mama too preemie, so I'm, I'm on the far extreme, but no. Uh-uh. No. Pick that, pick that stuff up. Let him lick the door knob. And you got a dog. So that's dog dander on it, Micah. The dog been outside <laughs> and then pooped. Dog, no. Uh, God, no. Can you lay Don't down? Let that baby eat nothing off the floor. I'm trying to let her eat off the floor, but she just be trying to grab. I'm, I'm about to look up. I'm about to look up the address to uh, Atlanta CPS because I just want to know who keeps leaving their child with you. And you be a full set that. of instructions from strangers on the internet to care for the child. I just that's so weird. <laughs> What's Ebony? It's the same child for the last two years. I, I know. I'm child. building a case file. That's what I'm saying. We need to call CPS. That's so weak. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> You know what? He don't mention that I'm not a babysitter when he goes through this whole stuff. Like I'm not no senior prophet, no prophet, no pastor, no that, that, that. They said, "Oh, he didn't mention babysitter." So I guess he a babysitter. I go ahead and give him a baby. Tell him, say, "Hey, say, hey, hey, what you say? What you doing?" Now he got to doing free labor. Breaking rules. He got the rest of us doing free labor. All the place. She don't got nothing to do. Got she don't know how to sit down. She's just so hyper. But you knew that. She's Ain't no more in there. You knew that. Ain't no more chips in there. You're pouring them all out. Thank you the chips at 9 o'clock in the morning. Father, help us. 
Right, you ain't got no oatmeal, no grits, no Whoa. cream of wheat, no, so no fruit. Because I told him, get that baby some oatmeal, that baby gonna pass out. But she no. has some oatmeal, but she was, first of all, the but baby, you, the baby apparently is like, I guess she's got some, some she a little sick or whatnot, which is why her mama was giving her pita light and whatnot, because she was barely eating. But she was eating the chips, but she was barely eating the chips even too. So I was trying to eat her oatmeal, but she wasn't like eating the oatmeal. Like she was barely eating for the last two days. I was trying to give her raviolis yesterday. I tried to give her grits yesterday. Like she just, she wouldn't be eating. It. And okay. her mama thought it was a good idea to leave her sick baby with you? Well, her mom works for the city of Atlanta. She can't just leave her. And I'm literally like the best option of, you know, she doesn't Where do the baby go every other day? Daycare. Daycare is closed right now. Daycare is closed when I look at the game. But yeah, like I've been raising this baby for like literally over a year now. Wait a minute. So she works for the city of Atlanta and she's working on Mother of the King Day? She works like, she works, no, she works for like the dispatch, like police, uh, or like dispatch. Like the nine one, like the people who, um, you know, when you call in to um nine one one dispatch. Yeah, you said yeah. it right. We, no. we got you. We got you. You said it yeah, right the I first think, time. Right, I couldn't think about it. Right, I was like, yeah, dumb. She worked for them. Look, you mess up your words so much that when you say it correctly, you don't believe yourself. <laughs> Correction, though. You so much you raised that baby. Watching her a couple times, just a couple times. That ain't raising her. Now. Well, I don't. I don't watch her a couple times. No, I'm saying like, I mean, you're not watching her like every single day, like five days a week. Well, the first the year, the first life. year, I watched her every day, Monday through Friday. The first year, I was literally on a radio show, in the radio show, and watching her. If you go back and watch all the old episodes, I, I remember you having. We were, a, yeah, we were I literally had. Her. I remember every day, yeah. but I do remember her. Well, you didn't deal with her at night. That's a difference. You didn't deal with her. Yeah, at night. I was gonna say that was a nightmare. I was gonna say I was just a daycare for the first year. I was literally watching her from what when we uh, ended here from like at ten, and then when she got off from her job that she was working then at like five o'clock, six o'clock. That's when she was picking her up. So for that first year, I was watching her from like ten to five, Monday through Friday, and of course on a weekend. You know, I'm just working, doing my little gigs and stuff, and I never really have to work on the weekends. But now because she's in daycare, the roles have kind of reversed. To where I only, you know, watch her on the weekend. So, you know what I'm saying? On days like this, you know what I'm saying? I'll watch her. Well, yeah, on weekends like this, I'll watch her and stuff like that. But then Monday through Friday, she goes through daycare. And that's been happening for like the last year because she's two now. She's been in daycare ever since she's been, what, one? She started daycare in February. She was born in December. Come here. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is that doesn't constitute raising her. I yeah, guess I get, really I what, I get I what you're saying. Trust me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain it to that too. I'm sorry, y'all took it that way, but I get what you're saying. Hey, please give me those, please. I don't need you breaking knees. Thank you. Be a blessing. You want some more chicken? Cheese. No, that's chicken, not cheese. Is it good? Hey, there you go. Chicken. 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 Okay, well, she just stand around and spinning circles when she likes to. 
Is it good? Well, at least he's talking to her in in English language and words, so it's helping develop her her um, vocabulary and not goo goo gaga. Mhm. Now you know how to say the 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 right things when necessary. Speaking of, I need to post these videos of y'all nephew. This boy said I love you twice. I thought the first time was a fluke. I did record it, but I got him on camera the second time. This boy is saying, "Mama, Dada." I heard him say like hi. Some you said hi one time, but it wasn't like intentional. But this boy said, "I love you twice." Do you be posting on your um story on your timeline? On which? Either or. I haven't been posting on Instagram much. I post like in my stories occasionally on Instagram. I haven't been making like post posts. Um, mm. but I post on my face on my Facebook more than anything. Oh, yeah, I'm an Instagram and Facebooker. But I think I find more people will interact and like see my stories immediately and like, you know, real time interact and stuff like from the stories. So if I ever want to post something, I like post on the story versus like posting like a real post. But for some people, it is kind of different. But I think it like depends on the audience or some too. Because, yeah, depending on how we work in algorithms, some people post to be good. And then they stories be lame, but then some people's stories like that's why they get all their attention and views and stuff like that. And I be telling people like you really gotta go and like watch a person's story to see all their real content. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't used to be that way. Like I built that, and it's crazy because my Instagram is where I have the biggest audience. Um, but I built my page more off of posts and stories. Like the stories was kind of like the, you know, like behind the scenes view, but I don't have, I don't have time for that right now. So um, I just, you know, post a little stuff. If I see something cool, I'll like repost it to my story. Um, I'm, I'm slowly, slowly coming back to my Instagram because I completely abandoned it for probably about six, seven weeks or so. So I'm slowly, slowly coming back. To start posting some content, come here. And um, my podcast is getting ready to make season two. I was supposed to start season two in December, but that didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm about to start warming my audience up. But the good thing I must say is that my audience is tried and true and built. Like that ten and a half k, I built that from the ground from when Rain was a baby. So they're they're like loyal. They're loyal to a fault. Like if I'm quiet. My inbox feels crazy. Like where you at? You good? You and the kids good? So yeah, that's you know, I don't. I haven't lost any of any of my audience, unless it's like bots. I've lost like some bots, but um, you know, my trying to silence plug. No, no, keep going. I'm away. I'm away too, done. No, you good. That's it. That's all the ones there. Shameless plug. I'm gonna have Claude Hamilton on here um tomorrow as a guest speaker. Okay. I'm trying to get better. Yeah, I'm trying to get better at my um, guest speaker. Hey, can you please move? Why do you stop? I'm trying to get better at stuff and stuff like Who's that. Who's Carl Hamilton? So, Clyde, um designed Carson, uh, Carson Pearson's uh, Celebration of Life here in Atlanta. He's a well-known um, graphic designer, web designer, brand uh, like brand specialist. Basically, the same thing I do. But he's, like I guess, more established, like very much well established more than I am. When it comes to branding and marketing and stuff like that. So I'm going to have him on here tomorrow talking about the importance, excuse me, the importance of, you know, building a brand when it comes to ministry and evangelism, stuff like that. Because truth is, like, in 2024, 
evangelism is important and it looks different in our days. Like being a visionary is different in our days. And granted, I can only express so much to the people. So that's why I like bringing other people in who can express these type of things. So by me actually working with him with the um, homegoing celebration, of, and I didn't even know I was actually working with him until I actually got there and he was the person that designed it. And you know what I'm saying? I actually got to meet him and whatnot. But actually being able to work with him, connect with him, I was like, well, hey, well, let's go ahead and have a connection and have a conversation on why this is important. Because truth is, y'all know I do the same thing for Pastor Charles. I do the same thing for my auntie. Um, I do the same thing for my Carmel here. And there's another church that I'm trying to work on here. Branding and marketing, um, evangelism really looks different. Business and ministry looks different. And honestly, a lot of people don't know that. If you tell a typical pastor, or if you say to the typical pastor, hey, you're called to be a pastor, guess what? You He's not going to think about marketing and branding for real. And if he does, he's going to see what? Mark Moore on social media or on Instagram, Facebook, and be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I can do that too. He's going to try to design flyers. He's going to try to do this. He's going to try to do this. And when truth is, it's not. that's not how things work. You know what I'm saying? Which is why. You know, I really want to, you know, continue to incorporate substance on why we build value and things. Because truth is, us as black people, we don't got no faith in nothing but God. And here it is. God be giving us all the wisdom about things that we need to invest in and so on to and connect to. But we don't want to do it. My literal company is called The Limitless Alliance because guess what? Everything I do is because of other people. But that's the thing. People don't want to connect to these people. You should connect to a financial strategist. You should connect to a financial solution. You should connect to a wardrobe stylist. You should connect to an image consultant. You should connect to all these type of people because that's what actually builds your brand. That's what actually builds your influence, your notoriety. That's what actually builds your income. At the same time, how do you expect to go to another level if you don't expand, expand the, the network or the people that you, you know, meet? And I think that that's gonna like that's the assignment that God has given me for 2020, 20, Like I really want to do that because like I'm tired of saying our people broke. I'm tired of saying our people struggling, and I'm tired of saying so many young black people being discouraged about Christ because of what they seen their grandparents get went through or go through. And granted, yeah, we can blame it on old pastors who probably teach theology wrong or teach Christ wrong. But here it is, bro. You young, you black, you a king. You can be a millionaire. You can be successful just like I am. You can not struggle just like I am. But here it is. So many are bound by the simple things. But I ain't mean to go on that rant. I got a whole baby right here, and I need to be taking care of this baby real quick. Well, uh, next on checking in. It's El- on elder. Do 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 do. Elder, it's on you. Do 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 do. Good morning. Good morning. It's a chilly minus one. Say hey, Elder. Hey, it's a minus one in here in Toledo, Ohio. The sun is out. I'm at home. And I'm on a five and I'm good. And Prophet, you are hilarious with the two year old. Hey, sweet, sweet queen over there. How you doing, little one? Say hey. Say hey. So, hey. And, uh, hey, sweetie, how are you? She's trying to hug the phone. Right. Yeah, she talking uh-huh. to you, not me. Yeah, she, okay, say bye bye. Later. She got the hiccups? Okay. Yeah, you got the hiccups. Okay, come on. So, all is well. I'm on a five because I, I stay on a five because I, my eyes open. 
and the enemy got nervous. So, have a wonderful day. Well, Shonda, I'm going to throw it over to you, but when I tell you my ninja, I apologize because I never understood the weight of waking up in the morning with toddlers. And you got two of them. And they boys. Still, girl. We accept we accept your apology. Thank you. Like, I, <laughs> like, I want to apologize for waking you up because Rashad was back. I, like, literally, Rashad was 2020. 2020. Rashad was back in 2020 with me waking up at six in the morning, six or seven in the morning. Now, granted, Alabama is an hour behind. So she was waking up an hour, technically, you know what I'm saying? Granted, it was the same time, but she was waking up an hour behind with two toddlers. And I was literally. No kids. I was trying to, I, you know what, fam? <laughs> my cash I'm going to sow a seed into your oh life. I'm going to sow a seed into your life because this is one girl. You got two boys. Go ahead and check in. <laughs> Take that blessing, Rashad. Take it all. Take it all. God bless you. Um, it is. Nasty night here in uh Peachtree Crunchers. It is 45 degrees. I um I apologize for y'all experiencing negative weather. Oh, that's hot. Uh, Ooh, thank you. I made for it. I'm over here doing a Harlem shake and whatnot. Um uh, that that's just not what God has for my life. So I definitely salute y'all. I have not eaten. I worked overnight. I think I've had approximately two and a half hours of sleep. About to go in this little rent office here. Uh, and I'm going back to sleep. I didn't get the children was waking up earlier this morning. I gave them some <laughs> melatonin. Don't judge me. Because my, my, my Luther King Day. Why is y'all up talking to me at 6 o'clock in the morning? If it was a school day, I would have to be shot to be. <gasps> Don't understand. Now, I understand my mama a lot better these days. Let me tell you. I have newfound uh, respect. So I understand. Okay. I had, to, had to call my mama one day and apologize. Girl, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Lord have mercy, please forgive me. Cause I, I was the good one, okay? So uh, I tell my sister all the time, you need to apologize to mama for being bad before your boys get bigger, okay? You need to renounce and deny some stuff because who the little one give me around, honey? Okay, and I was the good one. So I can only imagine how she going to catch you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, um, they, they ain't ready to refrigerate them. Um, already which is why they got the I can't I can't afford that. I can't afford that. Yeah they they yeah. yeah. They, they eat more than I do. They they eat more than I do at uh six and uh four. So um yeah they both eat more than I do. So yeah they put a nice little damper in the groceries. My lamb. But um that's about let me go ahead and pay this this rent. Hallelujah. I'll be around. Profit on mute. It's on Micah. Do 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 do. Cause you guys skip. Do 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 do. It's okay. It's the story of my life. Uh, I'm on a five. Uh, I mean, it could be worse. I could be a Dallas Cowboys fan. You might um, be singing the same song in about uh, like about five hours. Ago. That's okay. At least my team, it's still at least Cowboys my, for life up in here. At least my team. At least my team made the playoffs. 
Um, um, and my team beat your team twice. So shh. ain't no hush. Don't interrupt. No hush. Dallas I'm for talking life. To you, Elder, I'm talking to him. He been talking. Them Bengal fans been. They they the my only God. team my I know who got the playoffs. My I, quarterback. I, that's excuses. Um, um, the Browns made the uh, playoffs with a backup quarterback. I mean, he showed his true colors, but they made the playoffs with a backup quarterback. Um, back to the back to the story at hand. But Elder, the Bengal fans talk more trash than anybody to be at home on the bench watching the playoffs and not even participating in them. They got more criticism of every team in it than anybody. So, but if you say something about their little team, then they want to get all emotional and have all these moments like two-year-olds. So that's, um, <laughs> um, um, and then I feel bad because y'all get hyped up every year. That's our year. And it ain't been a while. I think I was in high school the last time they did. Something. Michael, we I really think it's an inside conspiracy with the owner. Really that that sounds like you sound like the Bingo fans now. Every time they lose, no, it's the I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know Stephen A. Smith and Jerry Jones were such good buddies. What that got to do with anything? I still think it's a conspiracy. I really do. Okay. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith can't stand the Cowboys. He can't wait to celebrate when they lose. I, I'm, I'm trying to see what Skip gonna say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, we'll see what Skip gonna say. Last year he threw away jerseys. Right. Gonna do now. So uh, I'm on a five. Um, I, this morning I had. Oat, I this morning I had oatmeal, uh, and that's it. Um, what did you say real quick though? What did you said that kind of pricked me? Is that people are uh, not coming to church because they see what their grandparents and, and parents went through? I do agree that has some validity, but now you're an adult, and that's an adult. That is not that. Now it's an excuse because. Hold on, 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 hold on. Michael, just um, I just want to get clarity on um, if you actually understood. You said the reason people don't or do because I was uh, saying, okay, no, I just want to understand how you heard it. Oh, the people use that reason to stay out of church now. Uh, okay. my, I seen what my grandma and mama went through, and right. I'm like, we're, we're adults okay. now, You're and right. those pastors are not pastoring anymore. But okay, uh, and, and I agree. But here's the rebuttal that, that I also offer. Or and I want you to kind of jump in because if you're going to say that, I want you to kind of give a full statement and clarify okay. with that. Is yes, it may not be the same pastor. But at the same time, it's the same Bible, it's the same church, it's the same results. That's why I literally preach different results because at the same time, a lot of these people, when they're preaching to our race and whatnot, they're preaching different results. When it comes to Muslims, when it comes to all these other people, they're preaching different results. I, when, I meant, when I said that, I meant that, hey, these young kids are looking at grandma like, oh, grandma believed in God all her life and she's still poor. Wrong results. Mama believed in, you know what I'm saying, God all her life and got shot. Wrong results. Uh, my brother believed in God too. And guess what? Still went through this wrong results. So when it comes to, you know what I'm saying, having that conversation, I was meaning it from uh, proving, or not even that proving, but having a conversation to where 
God is beneficial or valid for young people because I think a lot of young people don't see why God is beneficial and valid to them besides what grandma and them went through or what mom and them went through. And at this point now, even like here it is, MLK Day. You know how many young people barely like realize the value of MLK Day? Like, nigga, this is a black dude who literally not necessarily lost his life for our country, but lost his life for our country, fighting for black people to be free, fighting for us. And like, when he was in Memphis, he was fighting for what? Like, trash can workers or something like that? And here it is. I'm fighting, like, come on. Like, but we ain't gonna have too many people that value stuff like that. So that's why I mean it like that. Not saying that grandma faith wasn't important. Um, you know what I'm saying? Mama faith wasn't important. But truth is, these young people ain't calling on God like we call on God, Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We call, like we, we they ain't doing that because they don't see the benefit of it. And I think we as uh, you know what I'm saying, not let's say the young generation, because we kind of like the adults now. We the the older generation type of thing. But I think we have to show them that that power still exists, that reverence still exists, that 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 authority still exists. You know, like, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, but we can't do that. Uh-oh. I don't care. So I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to say what, I, and I'm, I'm going to put this on disclaimer. My uh, thoughts before, are, yeah, may yeah. not be thoughts you, for yeah. everybody. I don't care about the record. I don't. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I, I got a whole, whole different stance about that, too. Everybody be like, <laughs> I'm declined because we on record. But Maybe. if we... If but we we supposed to be the church and not afraid of persecution because we know we gonna be persecuted. Like, but never mind. Let me leave that alone. Um, no, you good. I'm say You're that, right. Like Apostle Murray said, if I say it once, I say it twice. If I say it in private, I say it in public. So I'm not scared of a right. recording. Right. So, I, so you never know who recording you outside of this line being unrecorded. Right. So I'm gonna say this: when you go to yeah, preaching results, right? Uh -huh. Preaching power. But what I'm saying, so we have to preach our outcome and time has changed, right? So time has changed. But what we started doing is preaching more of the benefit of God. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you sow this seed, you're going to get this blessing. And that's not how God works. Yeah, them the wrong benefits. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm teaching. Yeah, and, I, and, I and, and, and that's what's happening. Because then people start preaching this and then people go sow that thousand dollars and they don't get nothing back. It, and what they think it should be sown, if I sold a thousand dollars and I'm not getting five thousand dollars or I'm not getting that home or I'm not getting that Maserati, then I got an issue with God, right? But that's because they've been taught in the wrong context of what that means. So what what we're saying is how many times have we done nothing and God blessed us? How many times have we done absolutely nothing? And I'm going to show you, every second we breathe, that's a blessing from God. People miss those things because we're so teaching the tangibility, chase the blesser, the blessing, not the blesser. Well, what do you mean by that? We're teaching people wrong. They don't move in the power of God. They move in the emotion of God. That's why you got churches out here making our God look like a club scene and people okaying it. Jude told us to contend for the faith. 
That means we got to be different. I'm not saying you can't go out and, and go dance with your spouse. I'm not saying you can't go out and, and, and do certain things. It's a point. But we still, the house of God has always have to maintain the sense of holiness. And we've devalued the holiness of God's house by just marking it and saying it's just a building. Here's more than a building. If it was just the building, then God wouldn't have, Jesus wouldn't have went in there and changed to flipped over tables and called it a den of thieves instead of a house of prayer. I'm, listen, we gotta stop mixing, we gotta stop mixing dirt with holiness and trying to present it as holiness. No, the purpose of church is not for me to go to church dirty and stay dirty. It's for me to go to church dirty and become clean. And many of us want to go to church and stay dirty and use the excuse, well, I'm just a wretch and done. I'm just human. Yeah, we are human, but we should be striving daily for holiness and cleanness. Holiness doesn't mean perfection. It just means to be trying to live as close to right as possible. And in today's church, we've done we done blurred the line so much that people don't know where the holiness begin and the holy and, and stop. That's why people don't go to church, because we're not giving them God. We're giving them our opinions. We're giving them our facts. We're giving them our theology. We're giving them our stuff, but we're not giving them God. So when they get in there, they don't know whether they at the club or they in church. They don't know if they're if they're in the holy place or they at, at club uh, uh, Chocolate City. I'm just gonna throw out an Atlanta club. I know what Chocolate City is. Y'all pray for me. Um, I wanted to go when I was unsaved. I, I, when I was unsaved, I, that was a place I wanted to visit. Amen. But I'm glad to Chocolate City. Right my mind. Amen. Listen, what's wrong? Going to get some chocolate. It's not wrong. Amen. Amen. Wonka Ain't wrong with that. Ain't wrong with that. Say amen. Let's be real. But but what they see, and then we allow, allow false narratives. How many of these preachers and pastors really out here taking the church money? It ain't as many people think. Facts. Because I can't it's a lot, but it ain't as many people think. Most of the pastors. Most pastors working two and three jobs. Most Man. pastors traveling to preach, writing books, and doing other things. That's where they get their money from, not from the church they serve. I worked. I pastored a church for three years. They only paid me one year, and that was as interim. After that, after even six months into that, I said, "Stop paying me," because they couldn't afford it. But I knew my assignment. So you know what we got to do is stop allowing people to hold on to rhetoric, old excuses. Well, I seen what what my grandma was heard in that church. Right? You know how I many churches I done been to because the Lord told me to move. Well, because I didn't like what was going on, I think four or five churches, and that's okay. I don't, I'm quite as kept. I don't believe you're supposed to stay in the church forever. Me neither. That's part of the problem with some of these churches. We've allowed people to stay in places they weren't supposed to serve in, and because they've been doing it for 40 years, we want to keep them there, but we don't understand they don't ran off 150 people who were supposed to take their spot. But I see Patton had his hand up a couple times. So I'm going to shut up and let Patton check in and get in. Well, it is snow in Nashville, Tennessee, y'all. We are snowed in. And, uh, you know, we southern bumpkins. We we have no clue um, about what to do with snow. So, But stay in the house. You know, grocery stores got raided and everybody got their food and everybody going to have their Netflix. 
I got a paper to write that I've been putting off the last 30 days. I should have been, I got half of it done. I just ain't really been motivated. But anywho, um, I'm on the five as always because the grace of God has always sustained me um, in these times. I want to say this to what Pastor Michael was saying, and that's why we're friends. And, you know, I wish we were in the same city because, you know, he's a d- guy I could actually, you know, have a, a, a brother relationship with because we're cut from the same cloth from a space of the heart of ministry. And there's a lot of pastors out here that are displaced, that feel by themselves because they're doing it for the love. One pastor get in the scandal, all, all pastors are that way. Or one church got something going on, all churches are that way. And the truth of the matter is, um, it's no surprise that people uh, are dumping on the church the way that they are. And to tie this in with MLK Day, today is actually his actual birthday. Most uh, years, it don't fall on his actual birthday, which is January the 15th and not the third Monday. And Prophet kind of mentioned this. I mean, for me, I grew up right around the corner from where Dr. King gave his last speech at Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee. So a lot of the things that people hear me say, why I go so hard is because that that environment is in my bloodstream. It's who I am. And I've leaned into it and I accept it now. And here's why. Because when God told me, Pastor Micah, to talk about discipleship at the top of the year with my digital ministry and how people have been receiving it, um, discipleship has been put in the closet and all the mysticism, all the success, all the power of positive thinking is out there. And I'm not saying that exhortation is bad, but as to your point, people are some people are rejecting the faith because they don't understand the historicity of the church. And particularly in our community, um, the church has taken such a bad beating, but, and everybody, oh, I'm going to be a nation of Islam. I'm going to be Hebrew Israelite. But when you really do the history of the church, in particular the black church, how we have stood the test of time in helping to be at the forefront of human rights for our people, it is utter sacrilege on two sides. The first side is those of us that pastor that do not do the work for real. And then the other side of that is for those that are benefiting from that hard work of Dr. King and so many others. He's just the face of the the, the, the pastors that have done so many things throughout the last 300 plus years of moving our people forward. The first things that we were al- allowed to build was churches before we even could build our own cities. Uh, before we could build our own schools. So that foundational principle or history has been lost because a lot of us don't want to know it. And the larger population, when we talk about being informed, you know, hip hop used to, as Lauren Hill said, used to inspire. How come we can't get no higher? What she's saying is that hip hop has lost its way to the point to where as I remember as a kid, I could hear a KRS-One record in the song he did called You Must Learn. In a three-minute song, this man told me stuff about black history I would never know. Where, where is that? Where the masses of our people are inspired and educated or exposed to spiritual things. And I think that when we start really having a conversation about Dr. King 
and what he did and others to a Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And we look at the division of the church where there should have been more. There should have been Southern Baptists that stood with him. The Pentecostals should have stood with him. There's so many things that when you really dissect and decode what Dr. King really means and what he really represents, it is a far cry for what we're doing now and what our focus is now. And I think that the, the, the people saying that they don't go to church because of this or that, well, that might be true for your perspective. I don't ever want to disrespect somebody's personal experience because their personal experience may be their reality. But overall, when we let Killer Mike be the, the face of that, and now God them got on him because when he tells his testimony now about how he found out God was real for real when his grandma, when his mama died, these are things that God wants to do in the earth. And he don't need swag surfing to do it. What he needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ to be taught. And then watch this word right here, modeled. And not just preach with three points in the sermon and close and we shout and we prophesy. Nothing wrong with those things. But it cannot continue to be the lead dog. Anymore. It just can't be. Because if we're not going to disciple people, or if we're gonna uh, not gonna truly, and again, during the series, the first thing God said in that in the series was that people got to understand that being like Jesus is the first tier of what the faith is about. That's what that's the core value of what discipleship is. And in in today's modern church, we tout carnality over being over Jesus. You know, try Jesus, but don't try me. You know, and then. Uh, we, we can we can grab a lot of people to come to church and even baptize them off of stuff that sounds you know sounds cliche and, and it's got it's full of carnality, but the people fall away because there's no discipleship. Because after Jesus got to make working miracles and you know confounding the, the Pharisees and opening up blinding eyes, feeding folks, and then he told you what it costs to be a disciple, then folks scattered. So that's the times that we live in. That's the times even now that we are, because even after King passed away and even during his his prime years, he only had a shoestring budget and he only had just a few that really stood with him. And now we got some people that really hated him at the time that he was alive. They quote him and don't quote all the other stuff that he talked about economics, the stuff that he talked about bringing people together. We don't talk about how um, in private the greatest or the, the, the seemingly the greatest or the most famous evangelist in Billy Graham was his friend privately, but never stood with him. These are things that the church, we're going to have to do some work. And it's going to take people with the voice of not only historicity and theology, but a boldness that says it's going to take more than black church tradition to change this country and this world. We're going to have to reconcile where we started and how we got there and not be afraid of it. And there's a generation of young people of all hues that are willing to do that. But the, it's the old guard that's not willing to tell the truth. It's the old political guard that's willing to change the narrative in textbooks and try to pass laws and try to do all these kind of things that they can for the truth not to come out. And then while we sit here buck dancing and prophesying, the whole the generation need to be saved, they're going to go join Muslims. They're going to go join Hindus and Buddhists and African spirituality and all this other stuff because we're going to tell the truth. But I ain't going to be that preacher. 
I I told myself that I would not be that preacher, that I am going to teach the Bible. And if and if people don't come along, that's OK. If it's three or four, it don't matter, because really, I'm just trying to make it in. I'm trying to do the assignment. And there's that's why this guard, this thing is shifting. People have been talking about the year of exposure. No, God been exposing people. This ain't nothing new. You just catching up with it. And what's about to happen is that as God continues to expose and why are you shouting about it? If you ain't got the character, when you walk in the promised land, you don't get exposed too. Because what God is not going to do is play. There's a lot of folks that think he's going to play, but they about to find out. You know, the dude that called himself the cussing pastor, he got, he, he about to die. Uh, he got 20% of his heart left. And, I, and my sister and I know him. Hold on, hold on, Pat. Hold on, hold on, Pat. Hold on, Pat. Hold on, hold on, Pat. Hold on, Pat. Hold on, Pat. Because I be, I be, I be, I be, you know, I be quick to jump in when y'all be saying stuff about people that I be knowing. And I be trying not to know sometimes, but I can't help but I know. So I be trying to confirm, is this a prophecy? Is this mm. something that you Ain't know no for prophecy. a fact? Mm -mm. Ain't no a, prophecy. Because I actually know that. And for you to actually say that, I mean, I be wanting to verify. I'm telling you what, I, I got the text message right here with a man is about to probably transition. That's, my, that's something that you heard in the in the realm of the spirit. Or the, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. I just told you, I got the text message from my sister because my sister works with his wife. Oh, yeah, he's very sick, prophet. Very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't doing oh, good man. at all. So, uh -huh. so this, this ain't cursing nobody. I knew Thaddeus Matthews. When he was just a small time pastor in South Memphis growing his church, because my pastor did revivals in his church. I've been to his church too. I know him well too, especially when he was at Pursuit of God. That's right. So, what I'm, but I'm using that as an example. Me and Thad, like, I've been, like, me and Thad are real cool. I've been trying to get him on the show for a minute. I think I talked to you back that last year. But you know, like I guess you know, I mean, I guess and, these and, were and, these issues that. But the, but what I'm saying is that these kind of scenarios. But hold on, Pat. What we cannot do though, while I'm you're not just it, though, we can, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want I just want to finish my statement though, because you know when I said that, I don't think we can we can say that when some of these things happen, it's the justification of God. It's the glory. That ain't of what God. I was saying. That ain't okay. what I was saying. What I was saying was as an example to say that there's a changing of the guard coming. And not only a changing of the guard coming, but those that have chosen to use the church as their launching pad, or to use the church to uh, do hey, certain different things. Huh? Say that again? Oh, you talking to the baby. Oh, mommy. But, but oh yeah, I'm already talking to the baby and her mama. I'm sorry, I'll put you on but, my phone. But, but, but from that perspective, that's why this stuff ain't nothing new. And that's why we have to get serious about what we're doing. And like I said, in this area, the snow has come and all the MLK uh, events are being canceled. And it's kind of poetic justice because there's a lot of folks that's going to be in those in those services or in those those confines. And they're going to give lip service while they're going to still do stuff that is counterproductive to what King really, King really stood for. And, and and that's that's on the, the black clergy side, that's on the white folks side, that's on the city, the state, the governments, all of this stuff. It's a joke. So when we start talking about the young people, the young folks, one thing you can give them credit for is they can see when something is not for real. You got to give them that at least. 
Now, they may be willful in their, their uh, understanding of we ain't coming to church and they could be making some excuses and they might be. But here's what they are doing. Oh, here's what they are able to discern. They're able to discern what's real and what's fake. And our problem is we don't want to we don't want to give it to them straight. We want to give it to them how we think they're supposed to give, how we're supposed to give it to them versus how they really need it. And like I said, God is changing this thing because he's reaching young people in a myriad of different ways. And it's not all carnal. And it's not all from a space of where it dis, it, it, it defames and it undermines the will of God and the power and the character of God. Because with these new Christian hip hop artists out here spitting this fire out here, they are drawing a lot of young people. The devil just won't make you think that uh, Sexy Red and the rest of them, are the, uh, and Lil Nas X and the rest of them that's acting stupid out here are getting getting all the shine. Uh-uh. These young people are finding ways to hear the truth because God going to always have some change agents out there. Our problem is that we're scared to work with them. So I just want to lift that up and say that. Happy Martin Luther King Day. I pray that you watch something about his life that in, in, encourages you enhances you if you include you a clergy or if you're a believer where, wherever you find yourself to model what the man really did and to keep your eyes peeled out here in these streets and what we call america because they doing the same thing ain't nothing different ain't nothing new it's just it keeps repackaging itself and as it keeps repackaging in itself guess what it's gonna do it's gonna take some folks with it because you're gonna believe the hype like a uh, public enemy said back in the day but, I, but, but I'm, I'm out of here You talking on mute, uh, Prophet. I'm sorry. I'm talking to Christine. We talked to the baby. Because yeah. she's doing a check-in. You going to kiss? Wow. Pastor Charles, do a check-in. He kissing baby. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, throw it to the next person. Okay. Say bye-bye. Okay. Say bye-bye. Well, good morning. I see I walked into a hornet's nest. Praise the Lord. Uh, it's a great day still. Uh, we're in the middle of this Arctic blast, so, you know, we're not uh, acting like we got some sense around here because we don't know how to act when it gets extra, extra cold. If you've never been in the cold, never lived there, most people don't know. The lion's share of folks in this area don't know what to do. So um, I am having to go out, though. Thank God for um, Thank God for having the ability to do so. Uh, Y'all got snow down there? Well, it, no, there was like a little bit of flurries, but it's not really doing much of anything. You know, it's not. But they, I think uh, Texas prepared a little bit better this time. They got some kind of chemical they done put on the streets and stuff like that. It's supposed to stop the ice and stuff. So folks don't like to be stopped too long. So they just go ahead and they finally do what they're supposed to do uh, in that. But anyway, um, but things are well. Um, it's like I said, it's just a little bit cold. And uh, I got plenty of, got some firewood or something like that if I need to do it. But thank God for a thermostat. That's what I say. Anyway, uh, yeah, happy, I guess, MLK Day to those, uh, everybody, and whatever that represents for you in that, in this, in your respective places. And we've heard a sermon on that. So I will not be uh, joining in that sermon. But it's a good day. And thankful for uh, the ability to have, uh, have a say right now in uh, things that I need to have a say in for my life and for my family. 
I'm thankful. Um, as far as service, as far as service, we had a good service yesterday. Uh, one of our young men had to do a do like a uh, a speech, I guess, for uh, talking about with the subject matter of what would Martin Luther King say to AI in this day and time. And uh, well, uh, way I look at it, he must have did pretty good because it it he gained. It was a five hundred dollar speech, and he won it. So, <laughs> and then so we had him to do it uh, during service yesterday, five minutes. But it was powerful. He did a great job. And and what was amazing to me, and I'm not trying to be whatever about it, but it was kind of cool. He uh, was getting his speech prepared and everything, and then he asked me. Um, like the week before, he said, uh, Pastor, why do you walk around the pulpit and why do you do some of the things you do? And I just told him, you know, hey, sometimes you just got to grab the grab the, uh, the senses of the people. And, you know, and sometimes you just kind of uh, sometimes wake people up and it's it's kind of a just a thing that I kind of do. But it does help when you're able to. Um, you know, not be so stored behind the, the lectern. It's okay for those that do that. But I found that people tend to go to sleep quicker when you're just kind of uh, monoral and just talking, yeah, blah, you know, blah, blah. and then you might, you know, tune up at the end. But I like to keep people uh, engaged. And so I walk around sometimes and, you know, I'll look people in the eye and that kind of thing. And so he asked me about that. And so he did the same thing or he did actually did a did a better job with his own uh, in his own personality. And uh, praise God, I was see him win. So he won a five hundred dollar five hundred dollars. And uh, I like, dude, just make sure you're tired. That's all I ask. But it was anyway, Charles. I got to hear. I got to peep in on that. And that's why I came in at where the young man was going forth, and it was wonderful. And your message was wonderful yesterday. I got to drop in on you. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much. To copy the glory for real. I was. Let me tell you though. Thank you. Cold. Thank you so much. I thank you too. By the way, in Jesus' name. What did I do now? By the way, I thought you was man. Don't be putting these pictures up there. Hospital pictures. I, I was in love with it. No, I was saying thank Elder Stranger for viewing the um, posts and stuff. That's all. No, you ain't do nothing. No, I was, but I was talking about you putting up that picture of the hospital. You were in the hospital or something? Oh, yeah. So you missed it. So look, that's the great thing about social media. So that was from last week, Pastor Charles, when I was actually working for the hospital, and I got paid to like like be one of their like mock patients for the like cardio uh was it uh was it vascular cardio heart the heart people the heart people had an ultrasound so you know i was getting paid to be there and be tested on and whatnot and you know just be there like mock patient and i was watching pig's heart that's what last week when i was talking about pig's hearts being cut open and i was watching the doctor play on stuff yeah all of that was from last week it's just you know how the algorithms work on social media you just now seeing it this week yeah, Pastor Charles, you had the saints thinking he was sick. There's people commenting under there, praying for you, whatever. I'm like, I, right, that Ebony. Boy? Well, Ebony. why would you put that on social media? What did you, first of all, you got your chest out. Two, what did you think they was going to think, yo? You hooked into a heart machine. What what, what response was you I thought the caption, I thought I did a decent yeah. enough caption to where they knew. No. Saints don't read, and you know they don't read. Thirst trap, and when people pray for me, actually, what was going well, first of all, that's not a third trap when I got got dog on the sticky things on my chest. Oh, 
Like you got three sticky things on your chest hooked up to an IV. That ain't nothing thirst trappish about you that. Know, people were worried that um that uh, hospital bracelet to the world come to. I'm so done. Yeah, man, people people get symphony any kind of way they can get it. What you talking about? Well, I should say attention. They try to get attention any kind of way they'll get it, you know. But anyway, I didn't. Well, all I, I just saw the picture because I was being quiet. I was watching the show, and then I happened to look. It's like what? What? I said, Lord, he in the hospital, Jesus. And I said, I think I didn't put anything up there, but but I think I texted you or something. Like, come on, man, what's going? You all right? What's going on? Good morning. He done left the room. Thank you. Thank you. That's 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 how he do it. See, just lead up and leaving and coming in and going out. But it is cold here. It is cold. People are people are people are people, and those that don't understand the the cold don't know how to even bundle up or whatever. They just they just oh, it's cold, and they out there half naked almost. I went to um, I did go to Bucky's uh, the other day, and folks was walking around in flip flops and shorts, and I was like, y'all got to be just y'all don't understand. I mean, I ain't doing that, but you know, but come on, man. man I want one of them barbecue bucks. sandwiches so bad. Them barbecue sandwiches. Some of the brisket sandwiches? No, I like the pulled pork sandwiches better than the brisket. Oh, bro. I love when I walk in there. Fresh biscuit on the board. Fresh biscuit on the board. Man, I'm sandwiches $8, but I tell you, if you eat that mug, you ain't going to eat for the rest of the day. I'm telling you. Them club, them club sandwiches is fire, too. My wife loves them club sandwiches. The hot club ones, they fire. They fire. But, Mom Blaine, you want to check in since you um came in? I don't got to do your voice today. No, you don't have to do my voice today. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Excuse me, Mom. Again, not too much on my mother. Listen, she asked me to do it. Like, that's family for one. For one, family. JY, I got you. JY, I got you. So you've been missing it because you don't come in the room in the morning. See, I be at work. I be and, at work. Uh, That's why I don't come in the room. You know, I got that new job. Okay, so the little man, he don't, you know, want me on my phone. So uh, I put all my stuff in the chat, and JY checked me in. So that's what's be going on. So uh, okay, mother, get back up off the nephew. Back up off the nephew. I'm covering her up, son. <laughs> don't call me Negro. That's what we did to your Bengals this year. We sung y'all. <laughs> Lord. You know what, pray, you know what? Congratulations. Okay, Congratulations, Micah. A broken clock is right twice a day. Congratulations. You're good. <laughs> okay, good morning again. Um, I'm on a five. I didn't I didn't have to get up this morning. I had to be bothered with nobody. It is nine degrees as of now with a negative whatever the high is going to be 18 breakfast is coffee as of right now i'm hungry i'm probably going here and find me something to eat in a moment um sound like y'all having a good morning happy martin luther king day uh no i'm not going to that march i let those brave people handle that march because you know it's bone chilling cold outside. Mm. 
So uh, I don't care if you got no meat on your bones or not. It's bone chilling cause. Stay in the house. Love y'all. No, ain't nobody marching. I'm marching from my car to the door. That's where I'm marching. You you march too far, Pastor. I walk my bedroom to the kitchen, to the bathroom and back. I'm playing. <laughs> she said you march too far. <laughs> Look, I'm, I believe me, I'm going to walk to the door, out the door, in my car. Drive, walk to the next door, be in there for about an hour, come back, because I got to, oh, y'all pray for this. It's the, the life of a pastor. I don't know what these folks did. Somebody, I think they were doing some painting or something like that, and nobody will own up to that they spilled something in the sanctuary. And it's a that spot, it's a spot there that has been bothering me to no end. And I finally got the folks to come out there. They're supposed to be coming out there today. Uh, they haven't told me yet that they're not coming. They were not down the street from us, but this carpet people are going to come out, going to tell me what they're going to do because I have some remnants left when we had the carpet installed. And I want them to cut that mess out, find out what it is, and and just go ahead and give me, just get rid of the spot. Y'all pray for, I can't, st ooh, and I can't stand it in my own house. And I might deal with it in my own house better, but I can't stand it in the house of God. This big spot, just a bit, ah. Oh. But you know what's funny? I mean, just own up to it. Own up to it. Just say. Pastor, I did it. You know what? Okay. Well, listen, just be careful, okay? Okay. All right. And that's all I'm going to say. Now I got to go through all of my changes. And like like talking like I'm talking now, talking so loud and stuff. <laughs> it's going to be a doozy when you find out. It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, I'm, I, well, you know, praise the Lord. But, the, you know, but it's funny. I, I, I Like if I go to a church... Unless your walls are painted white. And, you know, the saints will shout and dance and everything. You know, we always showing these shout, these dance uh, uh, things, people getting happy. I mean, all these shout and dance uh, moments and stuff like that. But they don't, they don't, you don't see the, you don't see, you don't be paying attention to people holding the wall and stuff like that. Leave the church, leave and, and have the church empty, but check those walls out. Walls just as dirty. Talk about it. Oh. See, and so you got to paint with the right kind of paint that that doesn't, you know, that that flat paint don't work. You're gonna have to put something down there, or put some kind of a um, a chair rail or something around it, because people will grab a chair rail and then they don't realize that that's a psychological thing. They'll grab the chair rail and not grab the wall itself, unless they really, you know, they just my out of it. my, so, that's my thing. the past I grew up on. Who he used to tell us about them walls? He'd like keep your hands off the walls. Because y'all are not going to come in here and watch these walls. Because, ooh, when I said my, he was a stickler for cleaning, he was a white glove. He'd put that white glove on when the cleaning crew come in there. And he, when I said, from him I learned I could see a, a cobweb 50 miles away being under him. I could see it. 
I pick up trash. If I'm in somebody else's church and I see paper on the floor, I'm going to pick it up. I said, no, nah, this house of God, y'all. Come on, we got to do better. I stick that paper, pick it up, put it in a tissue, and put it down in my bag and my purse. I said, I get to a God. I can't stay. I, can't, I, I see all of that in church. I see it. I just, I really believe that, you know, God's house ought to be taken care of. I know sometimes people are very, very, um, I had to say religious, but very almost super superstitious about certain things, like not touching the communion table and stuff like that. You know, I get it. Um, Because I was the guy with my grandfather, and I guess maybe that's where it came from, the appreciation for God's house. He had to clean the church. He was cleaning, he was the guy that cleaned cleaned the church for years. And so, you know, I would go with him and help him out. And so, and I would see the crazy stuff folks would do, you know, wouldn't won't flush the toilets, really? I mean, Lord, I mean. Just, I, I, I cleaned the church too, Pastor. I, I cleaned the churches. So, yep, that, yep, yep, all that. I can't all believe that's that. a thing. I can't believe that's a thing even. I, I mean, I can't believe that people actually won't flush the toilet or whatever. Maybe it's a poverty thing, you know, because you, I remember back in the day, would be you know, uh, you gotta you know wait wait to flush the toilet because it costs money water. I'm like, get get over yourself, flush the toilet, keep things clean. Praise the Lord Jesus. Anyway, pray for me. So I'm trying to get myself together to go do that. Hopefully they'll be there and and we can I can leave and they can tell me what they're gonna do. That's that's what I want. But I can't stand it. I can't stand it that God's house has to have those kinds of things and that you know we make mistakes i get it but that's my job to make sure it stays right because i you know what i want to believe god for another building and when we get this other building i'm gonna make sure it's right too we ain't, we ain't playing that game Amen. Well, somebody gonna, gonna think your old building is gonna be wonderful for them so you're gonna leave it right because when it was wonderful when you first got in there they think your building is all that right now. So when you move, they're going to be happy to get your building. You should have seen it when we first got it. It was a seven-bay uh, transmission garage with grease all on the floor, cobwebs and insulation and and all that stuff. And, you know, gradually the Lord blessed us to get it right. And, uh Every now and then I look up in the ceiling and I see a cobweb or something like that. We had painted the ceilings black, so you can't really see a whole lot. But my goodness, when I start seeing cobwebs, I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah no, I'm Not that bad, but yeah, it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And I believe that I believe that that's a part of this this whole DNA. People want nice churches, they want nice stuff. But the problem is is that they don't understand the upkeep. And uh, I'd like to be able to get folks in so they can see this is what the, this is what we have to do. We have to make sure that the the, the church is right, and you and they be the first one. Mm, this church dirty, don't smell right. Ugh, I need to go. That's what we do. But you forget that you the problem. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so praise the Lord. Uh, Pastor Bishop, I I under. 150,000% agree and understand the sentiments of your pain. Uh, one thing I am glad the Lord freed me from is a building at this moment because my mom can tell you, my mom been there with me and my wife, uh, a few other people. Um, I will go in there 
I would go vacuum, clean bathrooms, and, and with no appreciation, no nothing. I wouldn't even tell people I've been in there. My mom sometimes would call me. She'd be like, where are you at? The church vacuum in the sanctuary. And next thing I know, she knocking on the door, open up the door. Uh, and, and, and she come in there and, and grab a room or two. Uh, uh, and, and it was disheartening because I'd be like, hey, let's have a church cleanup day. 99% of the message from y'all, I'm not even in the sanctuary. I'm not in the pews. I sit in one section. I walk up to there. And then after service, I clean up my section behind myself. Uh, and all it was was a water bottle and maybe my computer and stuff. But but it, it's 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 very um, disheartening when you um, when you are trying to be or when you're the leader and you're cleaning up and people are just complaining. Well, this church ain't this. This church need that. Well, jump in and help clean it up. Jump in and help do your part. You know, so I get it. I, I, but I was raised cleaning the church, too. I did it with my grandma and my mama at one church. And I did it with my granddaddy at the other church. And so I understand, you know, um, I've been to one church. I called the pastor like, hey, uh, can you let me in? He came and let me in and while he was praying. And I went out there and started cleaning. He was like, what you doing? I was like, well, I was bored. So I came to help get the church ready for Sunday. So I get it. I get it. Because we don't have no reference. We we act high society and think everything got a cleaning person. But don't nobody want to volunteer to help keep it clean. But we want to keep Talk about it, Mike. Talk about it. I want to be the first to grab the microphone. I'm done. I remember during COVID. We went in there, we wiped down the pews, we wiped every, disinfected the whole church. This ain't no small church, JY can tell you. This ain't no little bitty church. We taped off parts that where we didn't want people, even though we cleaned it, we taped it off. So you can't sit there. Uh, we fixed it where it was like every other row. Uh, because you're trying to go by the guidelines of the government. You know, um, we asked we, we ask everybody, when church is over, clean off your row. Well, okay. We're going to leave that one right there. It, it's, I don't think people realize that part of serving is is to help keep your your church or your edifice you keep your body is the church you keep it clean why why, why don't you go in there and help clean up the building some people don't watch the uh, I, jy i i get it and i understand that but hey it's part of serving it's part of serving it's easy all you can say i'm gonna come in here one day and just clean up the sunday school room or the nursery, or something, but these people, I don't know, I don't know. We gotta do better, we gotta do better. We can't say we we love God and mm -mm. you can't always depend on, the, the cleaning crew get tired too, somebody might get sick and call out. Go in there and help, just volunteer, do something, all right.
But see, y'all, that's the thing. I think a lot of people come to church for what they come to church for. If that is fellowship, if that's the word, if it's a social hour, whatever, you know, everybody comes for different reasons. Um, not always the right ones, but they don't think about what happens behind the scenes because they show up and it's done. And so there's no weight of, you know, if service is not in them, if they, they're not a detail-oriented person or they're just oblivious. A lot of church people are oblivious. They don't know what goes into that. I think everybody should get a view into, like, the pastor and the staff's life. Like, what it takes for them to show up here and put all of this on for you. Because it would give a totally different perspective. And I think a lot of people would stop their complaining. A lot of people, we wouldn't have to beg and ask them to participate in things. And I think they'd be the first one to raise their hands because it is not easy. Um, in my former church, the, the um, I'll say ministerial staff, we were the cleaning crew. It wasn't the saints. It was the leaders. And so we were scrubbing the toilets. We were we were doing it. That was on us. And that was on our Saturdays, mind you. So, you know, we had a, you know, a rotation of schedule or whatever, but it was on us to do. And, you know, many times after service in, in full garb, collar, whole bit didn't matter. We were in there cleaning or doing whatever we had to do. So I think just a lot of people don't appreciate what goes into the experience they just show up see it and leave they treat it like a show you, you take no thought to the movie theater after you get up you, you take no thought to the to popcorn that you dropped or whatever should they have a higher regard for god's house absolutely but unfortunately it's just not everybody's it's not everybody's mentality down milka mama that's what i was brought up on my pastor and i, and I do do it to this day i be in full google argument here close and you as soon as church starts, service is over. You you was picking up that picking up trash and and all of that dusting. So I got to the point I just brought my little comfortable shoes and and I I got so used to it I keep that's one of the reasons I keep a bag with comfortable shoes in because they don't have to ask me because I'm looking, I'm checking, I and. and I just, my eyes are just automatically looking for it, looking for this and looking for that. And then I go wipe it down. And I will come back, you know, like midweek, do a, you know, a check over. And I come back on Saturday evening, just kind of check things out. Because I had it, uh, a church in my home church in Memphis that covers me while I'm on assignment. I still got keys to the church. I know the alarm code. I know how to go in and check. And my pastor was like, I know something was right. They said, like, uh, between me and uh, another young lady in church, the busy man, they're like, this church is going to be right. It's going to be right. And after service, I'm I'm looking, I'm watching, I'm water bottles and cups. And I was like, pick, if you just pick up your own area where you sat, where you shouted at, where you ran it, that would help us out. Thank you. And I just said it over the pulpit. You know, as one of the ministerial staff, because I, I can say it because I know I do it. And I said in a nice way, and then if I find out the culprit of whomever, whatever made that miss, I politely go to them in a private moment. Even if it's with your baby, I said, now if you're going to bring your babies and they're eating their little cookies and blah, I said, I need you to bring a little blanket so when they, they can sit on it right there. Because if they wake on the carpet, I need you to clean it up. 
I said, if you don't leave your house like this, now if you leave your house like this, we're going to have a special section for you and put you, you and your baby stay right there. So we all that dirt going to stay right in that one spot. And we have to clean it up right there. But I, that, that's the way I was brought up. <laughs> so a lot of the mothers, some of those mothers didn't know how, those, but the babies didn't know how. So that's the way to do it. But that, from the front to the back door, from the, I clean the toilet up, the men and women of God, as well as the the tub, the toilet and bathrooms for for the rest of the church, did it all, and got and got on the leader if he was slacking in his own bathroom. Uh, man of God, we can't do this. I need you to do better. Get that, you know, you preaching God's word. We need to preach it in here to yourself about your bathroom, your short bathroom. And he was like, "Ellie, you." You preaching God's word. I need all this clean back here and organize. Get yourself together. Because you disorganize, you might slip up. Get the word of God disorganized. I don't need you to slip up. Because some of the things we do in the natural will manifest itself. You know, when you're preaching, we had a situation. He It's a little funny saying he would say, and he said it all the time. It wasn't nothing derogatory, nothing. I said, one day you're going to slip up and say it over the pulpit. And sure enough, he said, he said it over the pulpit. And I said, oh, my God, I just said it. Now, it was funny because it was a funny little statement. And thankfully, the man and woman of God that was there to speak knew the statement. And we all laughed. But he learned a valuable lesson in you have to be careful what you say. You have to be careful what you do and how you handle things, how you clean up. Because you'll catch yourself doing it in church and not even realize. Y'all, I'm sitting here laughing in my mind. I'm like, Lord, prophet got this two-year-old. This two-year-old just threw him off so much. He can't even find his way back in his uh closet. Lord, I'm in the same thing. <laughs> Lord, just the same one that, that want, a, want a girlfriend, want a wife and kids. I'm cracking No, up. he don't. He barely want that dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dog. The dog I was worried enough about. The two-year-old and the dog. Help him, Lord. I want. I have a question. All right, I posted this in the chat earlier, but so y'all see these things going around with Jonathan Majors today, calling today Jonathan Majors Day. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, uh, I don't like it. But go ahead. What about it? I wonder, like, what is it about, man? Because it's hilarious. It's because he. I can't remember the girl, but his good friend. He compared her <laughs> to Coretta. I love you, Ebony. Was it Megan Good he compared to Corella? Or I can't, I was can't it, remember. Or with the assault when he was telling the girl no, that she not the, not the white girl. I mean, he, the girl like held him down through all of the stuff. I can't, I see your Megan Good. Megan Good. There you go. Comparing her to Coretta, like this is my Coretta. And of course, you know, Bernice had her say like, you know, don't be comparing her to her, uh, to Coretta. But yeah, so that's why they're saying that. It's just a throw off of of that scene. It used to be, it used to be uh, Julie that had like all the hot topic. Inf you got it all, Ebony. Like you be having everything. <laughs> well, no, that's like a week old, bro. So that I mean, that's what I know that because I'm oh, really not. Lord. That, that yeah, that's that's um, yes, that's about over a week old since that came out. That's the only reason why I know. I, I trust me, I do not have time to be tapped in. Right oh now, Lord, but. okay, I'm about to say you, but somehow, it, but I ain't mad it at blow, Bernice. It, blow, it blows. Oh. 
We're checking it. It blows past you every once in a while. I would say that I'm not saying that you be tapped in. I know you used to be tapped in before, but it's gonna get. It, it, it somehow the wind always blow by you somehow. I do my my best to remain pretty in tune, but also I just have a pet peeve. If y'all haven't noticed, I have a pet peeve of misinformation. So my ears be twitching and stuff in this room sometimes. I just shut up and let it ride. <laughs> but if I know the answer, I'm going to say it. But yeah, that's where that came from. I just The internet just has to keep blowing stuff up, you know. Like, they did not have to make today about him. That's so petty. Well, I guess they're trying to, you know, I mean, they're they going to talk about everything that Cat Williams talked about. But I'm going to go on beat on that. Mm. Yeah, he was just here the other day. And I'm so mad. I wanted to go, but I really wanted to be able to go anyway because we had this leadership meeting. I, um, so I don't know. I would have been in a really tough decision if I'd have bought them tickets and had to miss. I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, I heard. He, yeah, he was here and he kind of touched on some stuff or whatever. Like I know he ain't on no stuff for the most part, but my boy is he touched by an angel a little bit. I don't care what no one say. Somehow some stuff that he react to, and then he got beat up by an eighth grade eight eight year old. Um, you know, so a little touching is there, but I think, uh, like I said, I believe like 90% of everything Kat said on there, but uh, it's a, a little touching. Well, I, I think, that, I think the hyperbole of some of the stuff that he said is what people try to use as to see he ain't, you know, he ain't truthful about certain different things, but overall it was a shot at the industry itself. And certain things that some people that look like us do to each other in Hollywood in order to make it. Um, and then also, um, I think the Willie D interview was kind of a repeat of some of the stuff that was said on um, Shannon's uh, podcast. But Willie D was able to pull a little bit more out of him about his background from Dayton to Cincinnati. And then, you know, the claim of, you know, leaving home at 12 or 13. And one of the things I, I found remarkable in both interviews, in particular with Shannon's interview, he never disrespected his father. He never alluded to any abuse or any trauma that at least you could tell there was, he just didn't tell you what it was. Um, I think, I think that he is a beautifully flawed human being. I really do. And I wrote this on my Facebook page not long ago. I think he, he he reminds me of a lot of Richard Pryor. And people, was, they, did not, they was like, he ain't as funny. He's not as successful. It's not about that. I think that these two men, and most comics are like this. And JY, you, you could appreciate this. I think most comics, their gift comes from an insatiable desire to be loved and to be heard and to be understood. And the greats like Cat prior those kind of people when you delve into their life and you see the trauma there is an endless battle and struggle with trying to find some kind of self-worth and self-love and they pass that energy off to other people by making us laugh and by entertaining us and i think that that's really cat williams but when you look at adopting kids that's not his when you look at the money he gives away when you look at who he advocates for who he takes on tour with him you know, I have a profound, I've gained a more profound respect for him. I've always respected him, but I really now respect and understand him a little more. 
um, outside of the hyperbole, outside of some of the antics, outside of some of the stuff that, you know, he's, he's been arrested 19 times. He'd been to jail uh, 19, they got 19 felonies. Just the stuff that he talks about act like he was just like, you know, uh, untouchable when it came to some of those things. When it came to really, you know, some of the, the, the stuff that he got caught up in, when the truth was you had some money and some good attorneys at the end of the day. Most people can't afford that. But I can look past that part and see the man, hear the words. And then even with uh, the last, I, I went to his show when he came to Nashville, JY, some stuff that he was saying that he'll probably never record or put on tape was so profound. You know, the the ironies and the uh, the contradictions that he could really uh, use to, to make points, but make you laugh, you know, very there's a holy grail of comedian that can do that uh from cat to dave to chris rock prior you know uh george carlin those kind of comedians they're on another level at least for me i mean there's a lot of guys telling jokes but there's not a lot of men uh, and women that you could mention that not only inspires you but exposes things in a way through humor that the average statesman can't say, pastors can't say, preachers can't say. Uh, just to, I just think he's a brilliant dude. I mean, outside of all the other stuff that people can argue and try to pick apart, mm -mm. Cat Williams, the man to me, is a dope human being. And it's, it's a sad scenario that really helps him to or at least this helped him to bleed out and confess some of this stuff so matter-of-factly. And a lot of that is just defending a lot of the torment that's going through his soul because this man has probably experienced a lot more stuff that we'll never know that he probably won't tell us because those kind of people, they'll never let you see them be that vulnerable. They'll never tell you the full story of what made them who they are. They'll never let you see the making of the villain or the hero. So that's why I love Cat Williams and certain things I can look past, but the, the gist of who he is as a man, I respect the heck out of it, dude. I really do. As a comedian, I do understand that a lot of people don't realize, I think someone wrote a book and I'm looking it up right now, um, called Tears of a Clown. And a lot of comedians, um, um, oh, it's a song, never mind. But a lot of people don't realize the comedians, um, we deal with a lot of like suppressed depression and sad things and this, that, and the other. Um, but we still have to suppress a lot of that to bring forth jokes. And sometimes we find, um, you know, hilariousness and a lot of the, the turmoil and things we went through. Like my story is really crazy as far, as far as a lot of stuff I went through in life. And I mean, I mean, I'll have moments where I'm like asking God, like, why, right? Like why me, why I had to go through this, why I had to have that or whatever, but I've been able to make lighter things and kind of laugh, make jokes about it because a lot of people go through the same thing I went through and they just don't have the ability or the platform to talk about it in the way I can, you know? Um, 
you know, Cat is a real cool dude. Like if you talk to a lot of people in the com comedy scene, and not necessarily like these super headliners that people are talking about, but like like the Dion Coles and the uh, uh, and the Damon Williams and you know and the D Ray Davises, you know, type of people uh, who would, who got nothing but love for Cat. Like how much money Cat would give people, you know, up and coming comics. Cat walk into the spot and see you doing your thing. You do a good set. He'll slide you some, you know, slide you a few little coins or whatever, you know. Like he's that kind of dude, you know. Cat um, is a little aggressively, a little bit. I have a cousin uh, who reminds me of Cat, except he ain't really that funny. Uh, Michael, you might know him too. You, I'm, you know him too. Um, <laughs> my aunt Angie's son. Uh, <laughs> uh, he want to be a comic though, but he ain't really funny, but he, uh, he got that same little weird little, just overly explain everything. Like you can't, he won't let nothing slide. Like he one of them cats, man. Like that's how cat is. Like you can't say nothing about cat without him making a response. Like, bruh, like just, just, just take your L man. He can't take his L. Like there's always gotta be seven felonies with no but no convictions like it's always <laughs> no you're the one in here with 12 dollars worth of makeup uh with um jewelry on uh, <laughs> but it's like you know i just got you know it's people like that but you know um also though to be at that level to talk the way they talk it takes some work i don't know if new comics right now can kind of do that type of material that's so you know, politically, you know, socially sound that people were hanging on every single word they say, even though there's maybe a spat of what they say may not be a punchline, but it's just real good rhetoric, right? Uh, you don't, it takes time to develop that type of um, luster and that respect in the comedy world. A person like me, even though I've been doing it for a while, I don't have as much notoriety as they do. So I may not be able to take those times to kind of go on different soliloquies to kind of explain certain things that were going on in the world and then go back into my material. But they they, they, they did the work, they get the respect for that. So, you know, um, I truly, truly appreciate what they do um, in that aspect, especially like, you know, especially the, uh, what's my boy name? The the, the uh, Richard Pryor's, whoever, and Eddie Griffin. Like Eddie Griffin is really good at it too. I appreciate a lot of what they do. So yeah. And I think that I think that a good comic is able to take real life situations and may actually, like I said, the way he was doing was actually making people think. Um, to be honest, he was really saying some stuff. Like I mean, when he talked about the kind of things like. He was get ready. He told uh, Martin, "Hey, I'll do whatever you want to do. I'll do, and uh, I'm being your next movie." And then when the next movie he said, "God bless it," if the movie didn't have him playing uh, being Big Mama's house too, and <laughs> and he turned it over to somebody else. He was like, "I ain't doing that." And I think that that's cool that he had actually has, hopefully, I guess from what I can see, standard that he says he's not going to do that. And so, uh, but if you, I mean, just just check it. I mean, it's like, man, he is right. He is. I mean, it seems like those that that don the uh, the the dress seem like they there's a different persona that's or different. Uh, not I, it's not respect. I don't want to say respect, but they're treated different. They have a different um, layout of their uh, career, so to speak. And I'm I'll go on mute on that. But 
he did Pastor Charles, it is so true. I just I just saw a meme that listed all the black male comics that have worn dresses. And people they they compared to, and I, I said this when we talked about that uh a week or two ago when the whole interview first came out. You know, there's one thing for Robin Williams to play Mrs. Doubtfire or Dustin Hoffman to do Tootsie in the 80s, early 80s. Um, Tom Hanks and other guy to do Bosom Buddies. But those things are few and far between. It seems like for black male comics, that's that's the norm. Even down to, even though Eddie Murphy uh, with Norbit and that whole thing, right? Uh, uh, making fun of a fat black woman. And dressing as such, right? Um, you have to ask yourself these questions. Why? Now, Eddie didn't have to do that because Eddie already, you know, Eddie was already a mega movie star, had been. But his career wasn't what it was in the 80s and some of the early 90s. You know, I think the uh, Nutty Professor movies kind of gave him another kick in the early 2000s. And then he started doing more serious stuff. I thought, I mean, he showed a lot of range. And dream girls, you know, but I think that when you look at that, that collage of black comedians, male comedians in particular that have done that, all of them have different types of careers versus, you know, Kat and others that haven't done that stuff. Or as he talked about when he was sitting in um, Harvey Weinstein's office and, you know, he was proposition and then other black comedians was coming in for certain different roles or certain different things roles that probably never even came to fruition because one of the things that he's right about jy is that there are over thirty thousand plus scripts that's written and submitted to hollywood studios a year and some of them a lot of them never see the light of day some of them like uh a little known fact uh they were trying to get they was trying to get black panther made in the 90s with wesley snipes we talking about early 90s that movie didn't get made for what almost 25 plus years mm. you know it's set on the shelf you know now Wesley gave his blessing because I think Wesley got a check at the end of the day because of some stuff that he had may have been creatively involved in and no shade hey get your money if that's what happened I can't confirm that but you know even with that being said there's certain things that never come to light and certain people will do certain things to try to be involved with certain projects only to find out, man, you just touched your toes for nothing. Or like with the other uh, rumor about um, Tyler Perry and what Christian Keys was saying. Now there's a rumor he done got paid off. It's some rumors that he done got paid off because you're not hearing from him no more. You know, so who knows? A lot of this stuff has a lot of smoke to it and a lot of fire. And I think that when we dismiss it, because we don't want to always believe that certain things that's happening in Hollywood, then there's a bit of a naivete. And when men, people like Cat Williams are courageous enough to tell encrypted truth and make it funny, or even Dave Chappelle, when he first walked away from the Chappelle show, when they actually owed him money and didn't want to pay him. That was the dispute. They tried to make him look crazy when the truth of the matter is he wasn't crazy. He was just trying to keep a part of his, his soul because 
people like Dave Chappelle are highly intelligent. Highly intelligent. They're not just running the mill everyday dudes that tell jokes in the break room. These these kind of Dave Chappelle, Cat Williams, th- those kind of Chris Rock, these dudes are very, very intelligent, believe it or not. Kevin Hart, even. I'm not necessarily a big fan, but when you listen to them talk and you see how they formulate their jokes, even if he ain't writing them, it takes an intelligence to be able to do those things. It's another level, it's another tier. And the Bible says that for a reason that a merry heart do a good like a medicine. These dudes are literally cultural doctors because they make people laugh. They make us forget about our problems for an hour when we watch their sets or when we watch their movies or the things that they do. But like I said, there's always an intense underlining pain with comics that as I've studied their lives, because I like to watch documentaries. I mean, I had this debate <laughs> not long ago about uh, Kat and Richard Pryor, and this older lady tried to act like she was just a Richard Pryorologist. And I was like, look, chick, I know you're older than me, but I know a lot of stuff about Richard Pryor because I've always been a fan of his work. And I know his life, and I know why he did and said some of the things that he did. You know, and now Cat Williams is finally opening up some of that part of his life and letting us see it and letting us see it on his terms. And I think that as he gets older, as he really finds that emotional footing that most people like him that are really talented and artistic will do, maybe he'll let us know some more. And maybe we'll be able to understand him even more because for a man like that to be able to do the things that he does, he's a special human being, man. I I, I can't stress that enough. Uh, I'm not saying I'm a, a, a fan of much, but if I had to say I was a fan of something, I'm definitely a fan of comedy. And I'm definitely a fan of guys like Cat Williams that tell their story and tell their story in a way that says, you know what? This is my story taking a leave. You can think I'm lying or not. It don't even matter. But I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to tell you what I know. And I'm going to show you how I've been in control of my career the entire time. And that's something a lot of comedians, a lot of not only comedians, a lot of people in show business, period, black, white, or green or purple cannot say. And that brother definitely can say that. Uh, there's no there's no lie to that. Man, Prophet is um shaken up by that little kid, bro. He be in and he gone, he in and gone. But yeah, um, mm, I guess I don't know if I'm modding this or whatever. <sighs> but anybody, I don't know. Like this ain't really a holiday where you kind of do extra stuff. A lot of times, just like a chill and catch up holiday. But let me ask this question: those of you all who had um service on yesterday uh, who preached or whatever. What did you guys preach about? Uh, Pat, what you preach about yesterday? I preached about, I preached about the importance of leaving the world behind. Um, I told you earlier when I, when uh, Pastor Michael was speaking and speaking so eloquently and passionately about some of the things that Prophet was talking about with why people are not coming to church um, and just surveying the landscape of the world and what's being preached across the pulpit, um, God told me to just talk about discipleship and talk about it in a way 
that really introduced the core tenets, the foundations of the faith. Because I think that a lot of what we're seeing now is, uh, and John, not uh, the Gospels, uh, but uh, the books of John, it talks about being, um, uh, being not only a, a friend of the world, but it also talks about how the things that we convey and we preach and teach, and when they don't have any authentic evidence, then we tell lies and we deceive ourselves. It talked about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And literally, these things are dominating uh, not only the world, uh, prophet Christian, but they are actually seeping into what we're preaching across the pulpit, even down to the point to whereas we're only subjectively giving parts of the scripture to fit to the appetite of what people want to hear. Because this time of year, everybody wants to hear about increase and we want to excite them about increase, but many of them won't get it because they're not disciples. You know, they, they, are, they are not consistent in certain areas that it really takes to attain and watch this, even maintain what you get blessed with. So that was the gist of what I was preaching about yesterday. Uh, being in the world, but not being of it. And as the scripture goes on to say, it said, if we, if we say that we have no sin, then we are liars. So the whole, the whole premise of the text is to let us know that you can't outrun sin, but what you can't do is act like Jesus is not the cure for it or that his blood does not purify or clean it because all of us have things that we have to stay before God for. And the only reason why we can really have fellowship with him is because of the blood. So, you know, in certain circles, I'll be quiet after this, Prophet uh, Bishop Jacob, um, certain circles, we got people getting saved every week <laughs> instead of just having relationship with God enough to know that whatever scenario that you're going through, discipleship helps you walk through this process of sanctification, this process of character. Because when we lean so far into the gifts, prophet Christian, that's why we have so much scandal. Because gifted folk that are not disciples are going to always struggle with certain things. And then the deception comes in because you think because a thousand folks go to your church or you travel around the country or people buy your books or your prophecies are accurate. You think that that excludes you from the space of being a disciple from a space of really, as the scripture says, confessing your sin so that way you can be healed and being purified, being, being clean, being cleansed. Because when you're cleansed, then, then guess what? Your message is not only for the people, in particular when the message is for repentance and, um, and, 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 and improving and really uh, being mature is being preached to the people. It goes for you too. So that was the gist of the message. I mean, it's I have it on it's on YouTube and it's on my uh, ministry page. If you want to go and check it out, it's also in the archives here as well on Clubhouse. If you want to check it out, I mean, I thought it was it was it was really um, timely, just based on what God's been telling me to do. Because again, discipleship is very 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 important, and we got a bunch of gifted folks that are not discipled, have not been discipled. Uh, they don't know they haven't been. They just know they're gifted. And we have skipped discipleship. We've skipped teaching uh, in, in lieu of uh, the feeling of 
I got the Holy Spirit or demons are coming out or people are joining church. And that's great. But it'll all be a house of cards if we don't get discipled. So that was the message yesterday. Hey, uh, Prophet J.Y., um, I didn't preach yesterday. I preached about a week and a half ago in the middle of a week. And I came from blessings in, in the affliction. And coming from the scripture, many of the affliction of the rights of God delivering them out of all. And that's, I preached on that, that in our walk with the Lord and having the Holy Spirit, we're going to go through some stuff. We're going to be afflicted and not just in the body, but afflicted in our thought process, afflicted in um, how we see things, afflicted in our finances and talk, discuss that in that affliction and whether it's self-imposed or it's uh, lack of a better word, God, God allowed to teach you something. It pulls out who we are. It pulls out the things that God wants to be pulled out at that time or in that moment. And that's what I preached on it and dealing with that. And then the woman of God that preached yesterday, she preached um, about, let me get, I just screenshotted the information. The title of her message, Where Did You Lose It? Having the Right Tools. And she preached from, <clears throat> excuse me, Second Kings. I'm getting that pull it back up. Second Kings six, one through seven, talking about the uh the axe and the the part of the axe, uh, the story dealing with the axe and the axe is the, that part of the axe is being the Holy Spirit, and she really just just broke it down. And as far as our walk and having the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, and just re really got into the heart of the matter, and it was really really good, and. It, it's just that's like Dr. Pines that we, you know, in this walk, we, we got to know how to walk this walk in discipleship. That's what makes disciples. You have to teach them the foundations. You have to teach, you know, the basics, the ABCs and the one, two, threes. You know, you got to teach when it comes, you know, you know, your gifts and callings. You still have to teach. There's some things you have to learn that are just the basics um, to and then it grows from there. You know, you just can't go out half-cocked. You can't go out just, oh, I'm anointed. Okay, do you know what that means? Let, let's start there. Do you know your gift? Do you know your calling? What does What's entitled in that? The basics of that and go forward. So those are the things that were discussed um, through me preaching. And it was, uh, the, I was on Facebook Live, uh, the pastor here in Canton, Ohio, Pastor Michelle, Jefferson uh, asked me to speak on her uh, on her live that she does uh, at night, which is like 11.30 going into midnight. And then the woman of God preached at my home church that I'm part of the social media team. And that's what she preached on uh, yesterday. That's what's up. That's what's up. My pastor apostle preached about um, being strong, and he came out of Joshua um, chapter one, one through nine. But uh, one thing I discovered in that message that I never really understood, and I think a lot of us deal with this at times. I know I definitely did, especially in the work that I did that moved me down here. The kind of position I had. Uh, I work. So you know, you know my 
profession I worked in a while was called was fintech. Um, that's you know I've been in that industry for over ten years. Um, though I'm still kind of laid off right now, um, that's where I've been at. And uh, when I got hired for the role I got hired, it was you know I was dealing with you know bigger clients, making more money than I've ever made before, and just having all these meetings and stuff. And uh, I had this thing that was we call imposter syndrome, and I realized that's what Joshua had uh, was imposter syndrome when he had to take on the um, the um, the mantle of Moses, right? Uh, and that's why in, in those first few verses, all you hear is the Lord keep telling them, "Be strong, be in good courage." One of one of them, he even said, "Only be strong," right? And so um, hearing that. Uh, I kind of like left. And I don't know about y'all. Some of y'all, when y'all hear a message or just want to speak I can leave mentally, like <laughs> go into my own thoughts. And I just realized like uh, how a lot of us um, as believers, I saw a person post this on on um, social media as well. We have a sense of imposter syndrome. When something good happens to us or we receive a blessing in a certain way, sometimes we feel like we don't deserve it. Cause so many songs we sing speak of us. Oh, don't, don't, don't. What up, Jay? Why my fault? Hey, y'all. See, see, my fault. The kid, the dad is here, and the dad just wanted to come in and pop into the radio show and say, "Hey, say hey, hello, everybody." Tell him she got a real dad. She has a real father. Right. I am her real father. Right, and it ain't me. No, so we you know what? Alright, I said it. Alright, see y'all lady. My fault. So we was listening, yeah, it was just I'm like, let me let me speak. <laughs> My fault. Go back to the conversation. <laughs> As I was saying, I feel like a lot of us have like a sense of, and I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of believers have a sense of imposter syndrome. And I kind of want, I, I don't know if this may be good for another topic, Prophet or not, but I think I kind of want to, you know, see what anyone think about that. Because we sing so many songs about undeserving this and we don't deserve this and, you know, we don't do this and the other. And so when things happen, I think we may have psychologically or subconscious entered that into our mind and we get in these arenas in these places and, and I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying, I'm, I'm only going to speak for James. And we get nervous of losing it, right? And then what we do is we put that above the God that we serve. So, um, but I realized that that's what he kind of had. Like he kind of went into that area of like almost imposter syndrome, taking on the mantle of, of Moses. I mean, that's a huge, humongous thing, you know, being his assistant and now being who he, you know, being what you assisted him with so uh well, I mean, let's make sure we quantify that because he didn't take on moses man well uh, granted yeah but he he, he, he just had to he continue just, he continued the, uh work and yeah. now and and here's why i interjected that and i want proper christian to, to speak in kosher and rest of them the reason why i said that because that's one of the fallacies of ministry is that we think that we need other people's mantles versus stepping into the gift that we are to complete the assignment to be the the next version of the the existence that god has for us and his people in particular if we're leaders and i say this in closing i think what's interesting is that when joshua 
uh, has been groomed to step into the place of Moses and be who he is. The key thing that lets us know that he didn't take on Moses' mantle is he said, my, my, Moses, my, my servant Moses is dead. He said that. Then here's another key, just in case you didn't, didn't get that either. He goes on to say that as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. And so you know that there's two different assignments because Moses never had to lead our army. Joshua did, right? Joshua was the was one of the last versions or at least generations of those that had been in Egypt and came out and walked in the wilderness because all the rest of the folks died out for um, because of unbelief. So Joshua was nothing like Moses, not even close. And I think that when you read those first nine verses, where God says, haven't I not commanded you? That was to help to relieve all doubt of not only who he was, but what he was called to be. And Joshua, he embraced it. Our problem, this is to your point, which was so eloquent, by the way, and brilliant. Our problem is that we're looking for somebody else's mantle, which creates the imposter syndrome, or we're still trying to go back to the old landmark. We still trying to pray like grandmama and them prayed and you dealing with a whole new demon. You, you dealing with a whole new generation. You know, when, when, uh, Joseph passed away, uh, in Exodus, it said there came a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. Right. So sometimes we trying to use old spiritual technology from a space where it's not even relevant no more. And then we get the unmitigated God prophet Christian to get frustrated when grandmama and them oil don't work. No, grandmama and them oil ain't needed for 2024. You know, unless you got a time machine you want to go back to. Now, I'm not saying that their wisdom can't be be leaned on and that certain things about what they have done won't work in this time. But there are certain things that when we're talking about really moving things forward, you going forward, you having a different experience with God, you need your own mantle. Samuel, uh, I'm not Samuel, but in, in 1 Samuel 17, David obliges Saul about putting his armor on. But when he put it on, he took it off <laughs> because he realized I can't wear this. It don't fit me. And the only reason why Saul wanted me to wear it is because Saul wanted me to put it on. And just in case I did pull off the upset, well, then he could say that he was him because you had on my armor or if it wasn't even that, I was the one that coached you and helped you to do it. So we got to be careful about other people's mantles, other people's anointings, other people's approaches. Nothing wrong with that because we can learn from those things. But I don't know about you, but I'm not going to fight my battles in these times with imposter syndrome. I can't afford to because guess what? My enemy going to know that too. Paul, we know, <laughs> okay? We, but, we, but, we know Jesus, but, but, but Patton, we don't know you. Dr. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm accepting it or whatever. And like, and I'm, I may have chose the wrong word. I even think about when Elisha laid hands on Elisha. It was necessarily that, you know, I, I mean, I think that was necessarily a transformation because he asked for a double portion, right? So I think it depends on certain... Jay, you know, before you um, give your full explanation of what you're going to say, can y'all go ahead and refresh me? Cause I, I, I be feeling, I, I see what other folks be saying. 
because I just hopped into the room and granted, you know, they're in my room and I be told them, you know, keep up the conversation. But I left and came back, left and came back. And I don't know what are y'all talking about and I want to keep up with it. Because, Pat, hey, you, you, yeah, I, like, can I, 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 I got you. All right. Real quick, real quick. I, I was asking everybody what they preached about yesterday. Patton kind of explained, and then Elder went and explained what she preached a week ago, plus then what we heard yesterday. I talked about what I heard yesterday and how I kind of got a revelation um, about um, Joshua. You know, that he had, Moses didn't get a chance to get to the promised land, but Joshua had to take the rest, you know, carry it on once Moses passed away. And I felt like in the first few uh, verses of Joshua, it speaks about the Lord telling him to stay in good courage, you know, be courageous, this, that, and the third thing. And, you know, you hear like the, 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 the concern in Joshua's mind, like, you know, am I able to do this? Am I not able to do this? Which you remind, would let me right. Know, Cause I'm the leadership, right? Right. Yeah. So that's something that's called imposter syndrome where you kind of are in a position or you in a place that you may feel like you don't deserve to be there. Right. And I feel like a lot of Christians operate in that because like some of the songs we sing, because everybody feels like, Lord, I'm unworthy to be in your presence. Right. I'm unworthy for this. Yeah. So I, I, and I use my own self in the, in the situation of the kind of work I was doing and where I was at, where, I never imagined myself, you know, having this kind of salary, having these kind of benefits, having this kind of stuff. And I felt like I feared myself into possibly losing what I had. Right. And that's why I felt like, well, a lot of us go through certain type of imposter syndrome. And so I was kind of like, as I was hearing my apostle preach it, it made me kind of realize this is imposter syndrome. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, do a deeper dive and deeper study on it. Um, as well to see the, you know, to learn even more about how Joshua even overcame the first, you know, nine um, verses in that um, book. So that's where we kind of at. And um, um, uh, Dr. Patton kind of spoke about like, you know, maybe the verbiage that was used saying like taking on a mantle. Um, I, 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 part of me feel like he did. And part of me feel like it was more of a, uh, not necessarily a mantle, but poor, you know, his own mantle that he had to walk with but it was like you know it was still the same type of assignment per se right yeah so, that's exactly that's what that's what i was getting at i was saying okay. hold on dr pat how long let him yeah. finish real quick no no, no and, but i mean I, I i almost feel like it's gonna be semantics to be, no, no, that's, no, um, no 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 it's not that's not semantics uh because mantle and position they're two different things and to to the the point of what you brought out about imposter syndrome and how we sing oh and there's one thing to acknowledge that we're not worthy of certain different things, mm-hmm. but then there's another to really overplay that because then when we overplay it, then it makes it then imposter syndrome kicks in or kind of like when Jeremiah and Isaiah are both called by God, their hesitancy was because they saw they from a, from a real space of humility, they saw their limitations. And so God obliged them in those limitations and prepared them and then pushed them into their assignment. There's another thing for people to always talk about their weakness, but they never do the commandment of, hey, let me take this coal, let me clean clean your mouth. Or, hey, let me command you to be strong and courageous and then go do it and do the job. And not only do the job, but go further than Moses ever could take those people. And, and, and it don't make Moses less less than Joshua because he was leading a different brand of people. 
His job was to just maintain and allow God to prepare the next generation, not only the next generation that he would never lead, but also prepare the person that was under his wing that was actually going to lead that next generation. So which leads me to this point right here, prophet, is that that's why we see such stagnation in church leadership today, because we don't have succession plans a lot of the times in most churches. You know, a leader will die, and then all of a sudden now you got to get resumes into the church. And instead of having a scenario to where you had that person that God put his spirit in and you trained him up. Now, that's not everybody's scenario because sometimes you don't have that successor in your midst. I get that too. There's a lot of nuance to that. But by and large, I believe that a lot of leaders are not looking for that either. And they make that mistake. And the people will then finally woosah <laughs> and they'll be like, we don't know where Moses went. <laughs> you know, Moses dead. Well, there's no Joshua. So you got to find Joshua. And if you got to find Joshua, then nine times out of 10, you're more susceptible and more vulnerable of getting somebody that don't have the spirit of God for your, for that particular congregation. So um, that's, that's what I'm saying. But JY, I think what you lifted up was very, very good because there's a lot of meat on that bone. Because impossible. yeah, definitely a big a, a a big discussion that can really happen. Yeah, because because yeah. it, it's a it's a very real space. But in the in the vein where Joshua was, God really was reminding him who he was, because the scripture never said that he was confused. It's just that God had to remind him and prepare him for when those times came. But up. Be told, you can say Moses kind of had it too, right? Thirty eight. You, y'all are tripping. Like, y'all ain't going to tell us what y'all talking about. Like, it, maybe it's just me. But did I, what, how much of a conversation did I miss to not understand what y'all talking about right now in this conversation? Because so I you, don't you like this. I be feeling didn't. like other people. You know how other folks would be feeling when they be coming in and out? Or well, they oh, 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 I, I feel oh, like, oh, what, like, what is y'all? Oh. So, Can you help him out, uh, Christian? Private, hold on, private, hold on, private. I'm sorry, God, deliver me. No, it's not that. You're thinking too much. You didn't miss nothing. They gave you everything they talked about. Oh, okay. You well, just, just got like, to listen to what they're saying. I feel like, oh, this was so good, but I missed it, Christian. It was, like... but, it, but it didn't go no further than what they just shared. Oh, okay. you thinking too deep. To the no, you thinking too deep. You asked and they gave you the answer. It didn't even grow to nothing else. Uh, it okay. was just right there. It just happened. But, even but still, remember, but... you came in talking about, he got a real Right, game. late. I, I came in late. I was like, what? No, what? you ain't listening. You came yeah. in screaming about somebody got a daddy that ain't had nothing to do with the conversation. Oh. Yeah, he did just want to speak real And quick. so when they told you what the conversation was, you thought it went deeper than it did, and it did not. It's very, it's very surface level. This is something that probably want to do another because it's it, it's honestly an issue that probably need to be really talked about that no one really thinks about. We just right. kind of live, we live our life regularly, not knowing that we are operating in it. And well, there's other, there's yeah, other right. people in the Bible that actually can resonate with this particular thing. I talked about Joshua, and I realized Moses probably could too. 
Um, Esther, now, Moses uh, definitely is the one that had the imposter syndrome. Yeah, uh, Esther as well, like so many other ones that's in there that we can kind of dive on and dive into that. But yeah, that was pretty much it. Micah had his hand up, though, uh, Prophet. I ain't no yeah, problem. no, I'm sorry. And, and that's what I said. I ain't mean to interrupt, but that's why I said JY versus you versus like Patton when he was talking. And I'm sorry, Prophet Christian, but JY was saying it when he was talking about like referring to what y'all was talking about. What Pastor Patton just completely said, imposter syndrome. So I was like, that's why I kind of jumped in. I was like, I was trying to understand what was fully going because I ain't gonna care. I'm getting healing from it. I'm getting help from it. But I didn't understand like from what position it was coming from because I understood the scenario. But now I understand what the actual, you know what I'm saying, the the issue is. And that imposter syndrome, I can honestly identify with because that's something that I've, like I said, I can admit that I, I battle with, you know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, sometimes we do sabotage ourselves. Sometimes we don't look at ourselves as though we are great. I'm someone has, you know what I'm saying? That literally one of the words, word of the Lord for my life for 2024 was step looking at yourself small. Don't let nobody overlook you. Don't nobody keep taking you like, so I get that, but I just didn't know that y'all was like, you know, coming from that place because like I said, JR was saying it and I was like, oh, who didn't deliver from sex? Because <laughs> he kept saying it and Patton really said, oh, okay, imposter drum. So I was just confused. But my fault, keep going. I don't mean to interrupt the show. That's why I like to chill. Yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that that pastor succession thing uh, and just having a proper plan in place. The problem is that too many pastors put their identity in the pulpit and not the God of the pulpit. Um, uh, they put their identity in the church. And if you hear them, uh, they say, my church, my church. And I get it. There is some possession to the church that we have to take claim and stock to. But sometimes our mind becomes our idol. And uh, it allows us to be able to hold on too long to things that should have been closed. Uh, it allows us to hold on to people who should have been let go uh, and moved on from because the pastor want to be there till he died and barely could get up and stand for 10 minutes. Uh, um, and he done preached the same text for the 32nd time this year and tried to put a fresh title on it like he was preaching something new. And all that's left is him, his wife, and his oldest children who just don't want to go nowhere else because they feel obligated to uh, stay next to their parent um, in this season because they don't want to feel like they letting their parent down or the church down. Um, and instead of moving on to the next, uh, the church continued to just really hold on with no plan. So when the pastor died, the church died. Uh, in my in my case, even speaking in my case, when I took over the church that we took over, I probably should have just stayed interim and led led them to close. Like not being funny, I'm not saying that to be malicious. Hindsight is 2020, but the the folks had no heart for the building anymore. They had no heart for the church anymore. So in in listening to a wise counsel around me, a lot of people was like, "Yeah, go ahead, go ahead," but when I needed to help, nobody was there to help. Uh, so. Uh, so I have to make the hard decision. Like this building is becoming dilapidated. It's mold everywhere. We got, and we can't afford to close it. We got 12 people. Hey, let's see what it takes to close the church down. And I'm, I'm okay. People be like, you're not mad. You're not sad. There's always some regret, but there was no plan when I took it over and I'm trying to make it work with all these problems with no help. So 
So I had to do what's best. I could have kept the church open and we could still be there now with six people. What are we doing? How are we doing it? And um, so, but I had to seek the Lord for myself. I had to seek the Lord for myself. And when it comes to setting up these plans, I believe all church should have some next steps. Whether whether the church is raising a, a second or they already know what we doing when the pastor died. Are we closing the church? Are we are we um, looking for a new pastor? What are we doing when the day come? Or Lord forbid, we got to move on from the church. But one of the other issues is we have so many churches that was started by one person and everything legally is tied up in that one person name. So no nobody really know what's going on. So we have to be careful when we go into these, some of these churches that started that we understand the legal ramifications going on. Who all name on it? What board is on it? Who all started it? What's our tax balance looking like? Like these are things you should be asking. How much we take in a month? How much we need to put out a month? You know, all those things. I believe as an informed member of the church, you should know all those things about your church, not just go to church on Sunday and leave. Because that's why a lot of churches get with funny business. And then there's some churches that don't do it intentionally, but it get messed up. So um, I'll talk about the imposter stuff a little later. Well, that that's about as clear as you can make it, because that's all still centered around imposter syndrome, in my opinion. Because a lot of churches are birthed, some of them, I should say, not a lot, but some of them are birthed out of scenarios scenarios where the the man of God or woman of God wanted to pastor and they were rejected in certain respects and they started their own ministry and they grew and they didn't put the proper checks and balances to it. And we see it all the time. People put their name on it, you know, um, Patton Memorial uh, Holiness Church uh, and then Dr. Andrew Patton Jr., pastor and founder. You know, you see this stuff all the time and it's, it's from a place of hurt. You, you tell me a church that's, that's got that kind of possibly got those kind of names and fragments to it. Nine times out of 10, that church was started out of some kind of hurt, some kind of disappointment. And when it all, the rubber meets the road, um, there is no secession plan because they are the plan. Or if you take over an existing church that was founded and started, and you're blessed enough to get it, then you got to work through and swim through all of its prior culture before they even attempt to let you pass it. And that's because they hadn't been taught how to really follow leadership in its entirety outside of the person that, that preceded you. That is imposter syndrome because so many people have that challenge. And Pastor Micah, I identify with some of the things that you said, because I, I mean, my first church that I pastored was somewhat like that. Uh, not, not that grave scenario. You just have, sometimes you walk into situations where people are not really open to leadership. They won't church, at least in their context of vein of what they know or what they think how church is supposed to be. But the situation that you walked in, the church was already dead. You know, you just gave it more life. You was hospice. You know, you was life support. And, you know, if it's your desire to pastor again, God will let you do it. But you're going to pastor from a different space. And when you go through those those wounds in ministry, it should take you a few years to kind of really kind of heal, get
get yourself together so that way whether you plant or go back into an existing situation those experiences you can pastor from a different lens because i'm not pastoring because of the check i'm not pastoring just so i can rub elbows with other people and other other leaders and say hey see i'm in the club no i do this because god called me to and that the people that he's called me to shepherd whether that's 10 or 100 or 1,000, I'm going to shepherd them to the best of the ability that the Holy Spirit gives me. And I think that for a lot of places, to your point, and you see it all the time, pastors, churches want to move on from pastors all the time. And some pastors, you got to pry from their cold, dead hands. They'll pull out, you know, bylaws. They'll go to court. They'll do all kinds of stuff. You know, and it, it happens every week. Somebody yesterday got put out of their church. Or a church uh, body tried to put a pastor tried to put a pastor out the church for whatever reason, good, bad, or ugly, and different. In Montgomery, Alabama, I seen it on Facebook Live. I'm gonna share it on the Instagram page. Was it the one about the uh, the dude they got supposed to got uh, a side chick pregnant or something like that? And, I don't know, uh, but I know I seen one in Montgomery, Alabama where they showed up to the church service Sunday, and the pastor was preaching, and they left. Because they had fired him in November, and here it is, January, and he's still showing up preaching. So they told him, we don't want you to be preaching no more. So why are you still here? Well, we didn't fire you and let you go and all that other stuff. I saw another one, too, with a guy, he had a camera, and he started roasting him. Like, yo, light skin, whatever, whatever, I'll punch you in the face. Talk about Jeffrey? Yeah, that's Jeffrey, yeah. Oh, man, they was clowning him. I'm like, Jeffrey from my government. You know I'm prophet. These they, Baptist yeah, churches is no bro, joke. When I said I didn't travel the country, did I tell you that they tagged me that I said, "Oh, I'd been like, yeah, like they literally fired the pastor in November and told me some. Oh well, he's just still been showing up trying to preach. We've been hiring somebody else, or be trying to hire somebody else, or whatever the case may be." I was like, "Well, I mean, I understand. I mean, what else you supposed to do besides drag him out? I mean." Drag about the church. That dude, that dude named Pastor Saul. He pastor King Saul. That's what he is. I mean, what is he an older do? guy, younger guy? He was a light skinned dude. I mean, he he older, but it's like you know how old Baptist church is. He like it's Gen like X. First he like Gen X age. Right. Okay, so he my age. He well, young. No, he pretty no. Well, what's your what's Gen X? I thought he was a baby boomer. Uh, no, yeah. but. Baby boomers are from like 1945 to about like 1965, and then your Gen Xers are from like 1965 to like 1980, somewhere. So you're a Gen Xer. Dang, Pam, you own it on a, you got it like, you just studied this yesterday. So you're like my mom's age. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I could have okay. been your daddy. That's why you got to watch how you talk to me. Well, uh, <laughs> let, me, let, me let me, hello. Hello, Pam be forgetting who, like, who role he is. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Charles. Those are the executive decisions. <laughs> JY. <laughs> JY. <laughs> Don't play my boy like that, man. Come on, man. I'm just oh, saying. Not, like, no, I'm the youngest, but no, Pam, like, you have to do me like that. <laughs> Pam, like... <laughs> Coaster, you see what I have to do, deal with? And I'm only 30. Lord have mercy. My name is Bennett, and I ain't. <laughs> see, I'm only 30. 
But now, I, mean, uh, I think though that, that that topic is good. My wife called me a few times because she had to work today. But yeah, um, I was in and out hitting the baby. I really wanted to go back. I'm glad y'all kept the replays on because I really want to go back and like listen to the whole thing because I think that was a good topic of what y'all had. All I heard was like some of the symptoms that y'all were giving about in, um, imposter syndrome. And what's interesting is, I think what's crazy is we oftentimes in the body of Christ preach on like the issue um, of people, but we never like preach on the symptoms. And when I came back to like the conversation, it was like, oh, this is good because you were got you guys were giving people what to identify in you know what I'm saying? People who, you know, dealt with, I, I, you know what I'm saying, imposter syndrome. And granted, I did not recognize it. And like I said, until Patton said it is imposter syndrome. But what you guys, you know what I'm saying, were ministering to of how to identify this, 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 when I went through this testimony. And you know what I'm saying? It let me know, okay, these are things that I was relating to. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it really was sitting with me. But like I said, I really didn't catch it until Patton told me. Oh, that was the imposter syndrome. And like I said, I don't know what it was before then, but I think whatever y'all, you know what I'm saying, was just talking about, can y'all please write it down and send it to me so after I listen to the replay, we can formulate a good conversation about it because y'all know I'm building a good... Hey, can you get out my shoes, please? Thank you. But yeah, I'm really trying to build a curriculum to all the conversations this year. And I like, you know what I'm saying, granted, I, I wasn't in the room this much during the conversation, but I'm, I don't, I don't mind that. I love for y'all that, you know what I'm saying, take over the room, have the conversation. We're going to do a JY takeover, a Dr. Pan takeover, Ebony takeover. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying, just send me the notes from this room, even if I don't go to the replays in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me go have my shoes. Can you stop for you fall? Come here, please. Thank you. Say sorry. We gonna gave you an instruction how to put that baby up down for a nap, and you have Yet to succeed. Y'all, when I tell you, she we watching ran, you. We done ran she around the you. house, up and down the stairs, in and out the bathroom. I'm telling you, I'm trying to, like, that's what I said. Right now, I ain't finna talk no more. I ain't finna say now. I'm just gonna listen to y'all, finna lay her down, and then, like, we just finna listen to y'all. Well, it's almost, 11, it's almost well, 11 o'clock my time, 12 o'clock yours. We can go ahead and get Man, ready. Man, it's 12 o'clock. I got stuff to do. It's a. We can go ahead and get ready to wrap it on up. Like we said, we can go ahead. We gonna go ahead and wrap it on up. Come on, let we, got, we got other stuff we can talk about coming forward, though. I think would be dope, like that. You know, um, you gonna say bye bye. Say bye bye. Say bye. Bye. Say bye. He. Bye. Okay. No. All right. Bye, sweetie. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate you, big dog. I got you. Okay. Well, say bye. Okay, whenever. I do. I told you through. Uh, I guess what we do is this: uh, final remarks. Um, the question of the day is typically what it is on every Monday. How was your weekend? What do you do this weekend? Um, and we'll go from there. Uh, Profit is, uh, I guess, is on. Is going to be on me. I guess it's on me. Do do do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last, I'll be back. Come back to me last. Stop. Yeah, come back. To me last. All right. This weekend was pretty cool. Pretty chill. Um, like I said, my daughter had, um, her game on Thursday. She balled out completely. Um, Micah got me feeling some type of way because they did sit my baby out for the first half and he don't think they should have did that, but she still came in and scored the most points. 
um, and won the game for the team and shut the other team down on defense. She took it out on them. My son had his very first AAU tournament. Um, I did not realize AAU tournament tickets cost that much. They charge $15 per person, no matter how old you are. So, uh, yeah, your boy, uh, uh, then only took cash app and it just, it just, it was very inconvenient. So, um, but my son did the best he can. He, he, um, y'all pray for him. He plays all the sports, but he never played organized ball, basketball before. And um, it was a definite difference for him. He played so scared because he was afraid to get taken out the game. So he didn't want to take shots and stuff like that. And I said, you cannot be afraid to play. I like, because in the day, it's a game. I had to remind him, it's still a game. Just how you go outside and play and you ball out, and you have a good time when you shoot or whatever and do everything else. It's the same thing. You don't never want to make pressure on the game. When, it's, when you start doing that, then it becomes a job, and no one enjoys that. So a uh, little opportunity to teach my kids here and there about that. Um, got prepared for this little fake snowmageddon that everybody thought we was going to have here. I don't think it's that bad. Uh, it is cold. It's cold, cold. I ain't going to lie about that, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, big chilling. Got my water running so my pipes don't go bad, and, um Looking forward to hearing you guys the rest of this week. Great service I had yesterday. Wonderful service. Um, and, yeah, so uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you, Cousin Micah. Uh, uh, question of the day, final remarks. It's on you. Do, 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 do. Refresh me on the question of the day. Week, your uh, weekend I'm highlight. Broke. What happened on the weekend? You know, what would you do over the week? Ah. Uh. Uh, well, this weekend was a busy weekend for me. Uh, my uh, wife was out of town, so I was at home with four girls. I had kids needing to be places, so I was just all over the map. I did cook a big Sunday dinner for everybody. We had greens, yams, fried chicken, cornbread, so I was up busy. Um, but that was my weekend. Uh, well, you was talking to me while I was cooking. Um Y'all called me asking me about barbecue utensils. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so, but um, yeah, that's my measurement of the weekend. I'm always in trouble with my mother. It's okay. Um, that's just our relationship. She loves me. No, you're not getting the big lunchable. Um, you, this is what you got to do with kids. Everybody say have kids, right? So you got to pay for them. They expensive. Oh, oh, please tell me about it. And I ain't even paying for this one. I'm getting paid for this one, and I don't even want it. I'm talking about, like, literally. I, I, look, hey, you can have your little $100 for a day. I got one mad because I won't buy the big lunchable kit. I'm like, bro, listen, I'll do you like my mom used to do me and make you just get some lunch meat and crackers. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, though, it's uh, been a wonderful weekend. Great conversation today. Great topic. I'm glad I was able to chime in because tomorrow I'm back to my regular schedule. So uh, you all be blessed. So mad I missed the conversation. I guess it's trying to pass it, Charles. It's trying well, yeah, well, good morning. It's a great day. And you know what? Uh, if this cures you from not having kids, praise the Lord. 
for now. Yeah, we tell after you're married, and even then, I, like you know, I'm man, I'm, I'm, I just, oof, I had a great weekend. I, I did have, uh, we had, we had to go sing at a someone had a birthday party, and a worship leader did in the area, and wanted us to come. So um, we were there uh, for that, um, and so it was, it was pretty cool. We had a good time, but uh, for whatever reason, I always tend to uh, see people and their kids. And so this dude, I guess, was an artist or whatever. And whenever he comes, he seems, seems to bring an, an entourage. Uh, you said he uh, brings an entourage? Yeah, I was going to say. Um, oh, my fault. The baby tried to talk back to you. Uh, she no. said you preaching. She said you was preaching. <laughs> yeah, I am. And, and I'm one of those ones that at times I, I'm, I will stop and say, can you, can you take your baby out, please? Or give me the baby, and they used to stop talking when I. He done, he done left the church. See what He done left the church. But anyway, um, uh, so anyway, so we, you know, they, they, he had, I guess, his wife and had an entourage. No, nah, Pastor, my fault. She put me in the audience, wiping on the phone, mm-hmm. and the baby, and just touching yeah. stuff. Uh huh, uh huh. But anyway, um, so they, basically, what had ended up happening was I, I was. Watched him. This is the second time I've been in a service with this particular artist, I guess. And he, uh, for whatever reason, his wife comes in and next they've got an entourage. But he's got these two kids, two boys, and these boys be cutting up the entire service, walking back and forth, grabbing fans, just just being uh, man. Oh, oh, come on, Mama Lynn. Hello, 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 that's your service. Oh no, no, I'm not inviting him. You can forget it. It was I was at someone else's church. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I can't tell other folks, but I know what if they say he's coming. I said no, no, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. He number one, no entourage. Number two, them bad kids. If they're not, if not in check, I'm gonna take care of it. <laughs> I'm over here snotting, laughing. No, I'm gonna take he care of it. Pastor George ain't that what the mothers of the church used to do? Listen. Listen. Pastor Charles is saying the same. When I tell you he is funny, it's funny though. He said, uh uh, you even had a bad kid over there. No. Man, it don't make I mean, here's the thing. Don't get up here. Don't have these kids if you're not gonna raise them. And especially in the church. No. Facts. Okay, yeah, you make sense. You make sense. Don't have them if you ain't gonna raise them. (laughs) Look, let me, and I see, and don't tell me what I didn't do. My oh, boys, so my, them, his, what? And I, so I got mad. See, what? Right, I was say, God, dog, my fault. I ain't never heard you answer me like that. So, so what? I'm going to say, are you on the, uh, uh, the bishop on the Android? Right. I'm going to say, that case, bishop on the Android. But that's no, the I thing, though, Pastor Charles. I mean, what you said is real life. But what do you do when you're a real life pastor and your your ministry is itinerary preaching? And granted, you got to get on the road to make this money being an itinerary preacher. But you do got you know what I'm saying four five kids at home and you got three boys, two girls, and they don't know how to act. Like, what do you do? Well, first of all, first of all, uh, and, and, and on the Reed circuit, Reed, but Lady Reed and myself, we ain't having it. First of all, we, we we figured we only had enough grace for two, and the Lord blessed us, and we 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 got two. All right. First thing, and I'm not knocking anybody else, but let me tell you something. If you have more kids, 
and you have the ability to raise them, even if there's other alternate circumstances and stuff like that, there's a certain respect and a certain way that, that those kids need to be active. And I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. Now, I'll tell you this. J.Y. J.Y. came to our church, and they had his kid and his children were there. I didn't hear nothing from them. I mean, nothing, you know, no more than anybody else. And they, and when, then we went out to eat. Man, they were they were great. I mean, you know, they may have noticed some stuff, but I was like, reasonably within reason, they were great kids. I mean, my point is, is that I'm not expecting kids just to sit there and just be quiet and just absolutely do nothing. But when when you're in church and things like that, I think that there has to be a certain respect and an honor for God's house and for what is happening in the service. And my boys, we just didn't play that game. Even when they were small babies, when they were real small, when they were real small, crying and doing that kind of thing, my wife knew how to take take them out. Take them out, yeah. To do, you know? But Pastor, and I, that's what I was just going to say. I agree with you, but I think that that problem falls on the parent because, you know, back in the day, if your kid was crying, like you said, that we would take them out. If your kid was noisy, being disruptive, we know how to have reverence of the house of God, the service, the subject of stuff like that. We know how to even teach our kids or correction, I ain't know how to, I can't say it. I we know how to teach our kids, but you know what I'm saying? I think our parent my parents knew how to teach us, you know what I'm saying, how to act during service. Which is why back then you would see little kids shouting and reverencing God during that time. But now, you know what I'm saying, I think these now, I might be, you know, be a little loose with this, but you know what I'm saying I think, you know, a lot of the kids now, their parents don't have as much reverence for the house of God as a lot of people were raised with, and you know, times past. So these kids now don't have as much respect. Prophet, you think or you know? Well, I mean. I would say I know that because at the same time, I know kids that do have respect for the house of God, and I know kids that be like, oh, well, my okay. daddy is the same so thing. Okay, so the reason why I say that, and, 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 and I'm with Pastor Charles, I didn't see people to come to church with six and eight kids or more, and their kids are well-behaved. They yeah. know. Yeah. They know how to act. In the house, because I've heard parents say, "You gonna get in here and sit down? You ain't at home. You at yeah. church? You come to praise the Lord." I done heard them say that, and I be like, "But mama, like isn't that is. based off of the person hey. who that person is?" Look, yeah. this is my thing. This is my thing. Uh-huh. We have to stop making excuses. I'm with Pastor Charles. Don't bring your kids if you you you, you can't. Uh, uh-uh. Don't don't because that is don't so bring your kids in. and it gets on my nerves. It, it it really do. Even down to my own grandkids. <laughs> That's the old grandkids. Now I'm serious. I used no, to grandma up down down how to act. my grandkids be still. Down to distracting. They just are moving around and they're wigging in the. Sit down. Be still. That was distracting. Anybody sitting behind them can see all of that. And it's distracting. You missing, you know, everybody say, don't pay attention to you. You can't help it. 
especially when they busy, busy moving, busy doing whatever. It is distracting. Uh, I love kids, but hey, if you, mm -mm, mm -mm. we have to teach our children etiquette. They can't do all of that in school. If they do all of that in school, oh, wow, okay, then you really got a problem. Sorry, Pat. The school tolerates it now. The school tolerates that behavior now. That's why most kids can't do it. Uh, uh, yeah, the school tolerates this uh, behavior, and and um, I get because uh, I'm very strict on my kids. Like, sit down, and I, my kids listen. I've been in the middle of sermons and shot them to look from the pulpit. And and they knew what I was talking about. In the middle of sermons too, cause say the look. You gave me the words in the middle of a sermon before too. Hold on, hold on. Not the words in the middle of a sermon. Jay, watch me. What? Stay up next to your sister. Like y'all chill out over there or whatever. This, that, the other. Sometimes the look don't work. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, yeah. My pastor has done the same thing, so y'all understand. Okay. I know my boys, I'll be on the organ and I hear them cutting up. I turn around there and look. And all I had to do was turn around there and look. And they sat back in that chair and, and got right. And I didn't say nothing else to them because they understood. We, we got we got the going up now. They cut up a little bit more in church. Now they grown. I mean, but but they, they, they are still respectful of God's house. But, you know, but I'm telling you, they know and they will tell anybody, man. We would have been dead if we did that. That they already know. But anyway, so anyway, Sunday morning I preached. Uh, on of course, and that y'all, some of y'all heard already. Um, that I had let this young man. He had uh, done a speech, a Martin Luther King speech kind of thing, and um, we let him. We let him get on there. So it's still online, I think. Anyway, we let him get on there, and he did a great, 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 great job. He's one of our elders' sons, so. And um, he used to kind of, he used to mimic me when he was much younger. He used to mimic me. Now it's like to see him in 11th grade and he's able to wield that sword. Yo, he going to preach. He going to preach. He's going to do something. And I believe it. But anyway, so that was great to hear him. And so, but Sunday I preached on, um still in the open door series right now, just trying to get this new year out and uh, started off. And uh, this week's message was called My Door of Choice. And I used Psalm 24. You know, the part uh, that says, uh, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. And so I used the word everlasting. That word was kind of really pronounced to me. And uh, the word uh, everlasting is a Hebrew word. Uh, there's a Hebrew word for it called olam, olam, excuse me. And it says, uh, for a long time, future time, times to come, long time back pertains to an unlimited duration of time, forever and absolute. And I talked about it from the standpoint of when we talk about the everlasting doors, we're talking about and who is the door? Who says that they are the door? Jesus says, I am the door. He talks about that. And so he's a door from the time past, uh, present, future. He is the door and it's everlasting for future time, unlimited duration time, forever and absolute. He's the absolute door. So I kind of talked about that and went through that process and also talked about um, this thing. You know, I have a pet peeve. Um, I, I, I don't know why Walmart is my pet peeve place, but it is. Um, you know, like if you go to a big Walmart, a regular Walmart, 
there's uh, two doors. There's one door for entering and one door for in exit. But even if you go to the exit door, that door still opens. And sometimes my pet peeve is that these rascals will, will be, you're leaving out of the outdoor and they will be coming in while you're, and you're gonna hit them with the cart and everything. In fact, I wish I could do that, but I, I usually have to stop and look at them like, and they're like, oh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. But the, there's a square thing up there on top of that door that says enter here. And that is the entrance door. And so my pet peeve is that I hate it when folks come in the exit door and they go out the entrance door. I, it bothers me to no end. And and uh, Holy Spirit was ministering. Had the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. It was like, "You're not. Aren't you glad you're not God? Uh, because there are some people who can only get in by by this way. And but they're, they're coming in to me. But some of you people like you, Charles, would hinder them from coming in because they don't come in the way you came in via the way you, you the actually actual way you came in was blessed for you. But sometimes some people come in to my door, they come to me, but they come in in a different way. And aren't you glad that Walmart had the foresight, foresight to have that door with, that it will open whenever it needs to. And and I was like, I had to kind of take that back. Like, Lord, forgive me, because you know what? There are people who are gonna come in to you, now, and they're coming in through you, the door, but they're coming in a different way. Or they come in um, in terms of, uh, they don't have the same testimony. They may not have the same uh, things that they've had to go through in life. And just because they didn't go through those things then not make their, uh, their coming in to Jesus any less legitimate, if that makes sense. So anyway, I was kind of going off on that. You pray for me uh, um, in that round, but that was what I was talking about. And um, I really was thanking the Lord that he gave me some insight as I was preaching this message. And, and, um, and that was uh, kind of where I went to and, and stayed with that for, for quite a, a minute until it was time to, uh, for us to get up out of there. Um, because there's, there's a door for everybody. And I think the last problem that we have most of the time is everybody thinks that they, if you don't come through this door, the way I came through this door, then your salvation experience is, is not legitimate. And that's a lie from the pit. And we got to stop acting like that. We got to stop doing that. So anyway, that was my thing. And I'm thankful and, um, appreciative of this day. And, um, also the conversation, I heard most of it and I was glad to be a part of it. God bless y'all. Uh, 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 Bishop Charles, isn't it hilarious how the Holy Spirit used our frustrations to give us the best lessons in the world? <laughs> Man, Jesus, touch me. Well, praise God. I guess I don't know if I'm still uh, moderating this or not. Um, no, yeah, you got it. You got to keep going. I, got I, caught, I, caught, I caught some of your sermon, and it was good, man. Especially when you were talking about that the the wrong doors. I, I love that part of the sermon. Man, pray for me. I'm serious. I, and I, I try not to be too frustrated about it, but I get passionate. And then all of a sudden it's like, and they, the congregation just be, they just, they're just laughing at me because some of them do the same thing. Because they love their pastor. I ain't going to cap. That's one thing I realized when I was at Kingdom Life. They love their pastor because Pastor Charles is so personal. When he go off on those little side rants, it's the same as us. It's because we've been listening to him so long and we know his heart. We know his character. You know what I'm saying? We understand his little corny, not, no offense, Pastor Charles, but we understand, you know, you know, the little corny jokes. You understand the little, the little side antics. 
So, yeah. I'm just going to say, for anybody who ain't been there, y'all going to be excited to go there in June or July whenever we get there for his bishopric thing. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in while it's like 10 seconds of quiet before the chaos continues. Um, I kind of came in late. Uh, I really didn't get a chance to hear everything that was said. But um, what I did heard was really insightful. Um, I think I came in right before J.Y. Um, J.Y. Why well, I'm calling that man J.Y. J.Y. <laughs> started talking about um, imposter syndrome. And it's, I, I feel like it's a, it comes a point in time in everybody's life where um, you start to recognize certain things about yourself. And um, I actually was talking to the Lord about, um, and it's going to sound weird. Don't judge me too harshly about bringing back shame, but shame in safe places, because I feel like a lot of things are frowned upon, but they're actually necessary for development. Uh, not shame as into condemnation, but shame as into making you understand that the gravity of what you're doing is actually more harmful than it is good. And I need you to be aware, not just feel bad, but you, you need to feel this. You need to sit in this, but I'm not going to leave you hopeless. And um, that's one of the things attached to um, that for me. So when you're bringing it up, those are the conversations I've been having with the Lord. As um, two things y'all talking about towards the end, and I'm wrapping it. Uh, y'all talking about kids being bad in church. Personally, I I pay attention to the kids, but I'm also got I got beef with the parents because it's just like them kids only act the way you allow them to act in your house. Amen. Okay. They really only are doing what you allow them to do. So don't try to beat them in church when you allow them to act like monkeys in your house. So, um, or whatever. Um, secondly, um, Pastor Charles, I love that story you just told about the door. Um, as you were talking, one of the things that like that kind of stood out to me was like recognizing the fact that, you know, some people are going to come in the wrong way. But then as you were talking, one thing that, you know, kind of dropped in my spirit is that, you know, even if it is the wrong way, according to you, like they're just in there trying to get what they need. And sometimes we can focus on the way that people come in, forgetting the fact that they're just all trying to get something that they need. And if we recognize the fact that, hey, they have privileges and access to the same store that I do. And although I would prefer if they came in a certain way because it's designed that way, it ain't my business how they really get in here. As long as they get what they need, that's the only thing that's important. So that's what I took away from your story, Pastor Charles. I'm going to just mind my business and be glad they're able to come in and get what they need. Praise <laughs> Not, But if you ask me, I'm going to tell you the way I believe to be right. But considering now somebody saying you're not asking me, I'm going to just mind my business, you know, and I'm going to move out the way and not, you know, try not to get too bothered. But this weekend was great. It was my apostles' um, 13th apostolic anniversary, and we church Saturday, and we church Sunday. Um, it felt like two Sunday services, but overall, this weekend was great. Um, that's really all I got to say. Thank y'all for the for the listening to the conversation, um, and I wanted to jump in while I could. All right, y'all have a blessed day. Well, praise God. Praise God. I'm over here making some grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh, and yeah, I got my vent on because uh, I think I got my pan a little too hot. And uh, have y'all ever known to put mayonnaise on the bottom of the bread? 
uh, to the butter. It's pretty good. It's better than <laughs> butter. You brown it better and everything. You don't miss the uh, butter. You really don't. I got, oh, butter, I got butter on the I got butter in the pan, but I put mayonnaise on the bottom of the uh, Miracle Whip on the bottom of the bread. My God, from Zion! Oh, wonderful! I'm gonna have to try that one for the grilled cheese. Um, final check in. Uh, I didn't go to physical church. I was online with my church from home, and my God! And I'm the administrator of the page. Well, I'm the one that does the interaction at the church and i had to put my favorite statement twice i said the administrator of this page page has gone on a praise break be back shortly and went in i mean i praise god so i mean i just you know just was thanking him for him being god and went in the tears and just tore up my whole little the hallway that i was in the kitchen uh doing some stuff and stopped and just went in and, and even in the comments, the people that were online that couldn't be in the physical building, we were having church in the comments. I mean, just losing our mind in the comment and just thanking God for who who he is and who he is to each one of us collective, collectively as well as individually. And it was wonderful. I felt strength. I felt renewed, refreshed, and revived. And as always, I love the conversations we have here in this in this uh in this room in this open forum and truly hope people are blessed uh from what they hear um another um you know listening to uh pastor charles like i said i got to step in and it was a wonderful teaching wonderful teaching i enjoyed it immensely and thoroughly about the door you know those that we feel come in the wrong door and i got the i got a a thing that dropped for me, even if we in the house, we still go in the wrong door because sometimes we go in, in, in house and we go in the wrong door. Or come in the wrong door. And we're in the house. But God doesn't stop us from coming in because we are looking. We are searching for him. And we find him. And he blesses us. So that Pastor Charles, that, that mess right there, you need you might need to do a part two on that thing. Cause that's ooh, that was it was rich. It was rich. Have a wonderful day, everybody. God bless you. Uh, look forward to going to Texas, uh, getting down to Texas, the kingdom. Cause after what I heard Sunday, I'm looking forward to being just being in the building. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Be safe. Stay warm. All I'm saying is, I'm jealous because um. Yeah, Pastor, I'm sorry. I was absent out of church uh, Sunday because, you know, I was working that babysitter and stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Please go back me. and listen, Prophet. Go oh, back that's what and I, listen. That's what I got today for. That's what I got today for. That's he was on T. He was on He was on 1,000 in that day. He was on 1,000. And I was like, you better go ahead, Pastor. Go ahead. Well, I'm just fine. I'm, listen, I'm glad y'all listen. I've been telling y'all that for over a year now. I've told y'all about shot. Now, granted, he be joking. I'm telling you, y'all ever seen the uh, show um, Seinfeld? That's how Pastor Charles. Yes. Look, girl. Yes. Cause that's he, how Pastor Charles Sermons is. It's like watching that episode of Seinfeld. He put his little humor. He put that humor yeah. in. I was tickled. I was tickled. I'm talking about, like, it's like watching the episode of.
Oh, you just having a whole conversation like I'm just not over here on the phone. And he, his, it was in there, and it was like, man, that's what we get during the week. I'm like, you better go ahead, Pastor. You better, you better get him, get it. He do. Brandon, he, do. he, he brought it on. I was loving it, loving it. And he was putting this humor in, and so he tried to catch himself because he was about to go, go. I was like, go, 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 go. You yeah, come, so you can get back. Come on, go, go. You that's get back. So I'm so done. Well, Pastor Charles, listen, I'm going to get to work today. I'm going to go back and watch it today. You know what I'm saying? I got this. Whenever she decides to leave or take a nap, God, no. Like, yeah, whenever she decides to leave or take a nap, I'm going to go back and watch it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, you know what I'm saying? You know, indulge myself because I definitely believe it's powerful because I ain't going to cap. Like, Pastor Charles has a lot of substance. I ain't gonna cap. He's 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 like me. He's very jovial. You know what I'm saying? He comes on here and you know what I'm saying. Joke with us, and he can do the ups and downs and emotions. But truth is, he has a lot of wisdom behind him, and I definitely appreciate it. So, yeah. But Jy, I'm gonna throw it over to you, um, because she 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 just don't like chill, and I'm gonna throw it over to you to just go ahead and you know close it out. How you you know? Come and sit down. I don't know. All right, y'all. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want the plate? Can you stop? Can you stop? Can you stop? please. Come on. Okay, look. We go. We go. Come in. Come in. You want your baby? Get your baby. And then we're going to lay down. Come on. Get your baby. Uh, you still, right. you out there, Prophet. We're here. Huh? Okay. You, yeah, you want, you are. Can y'all mute me? I'm sorry. I got you. Uh, get your baby. Get your baby. Get your baby. Uh, Man, right, I can't mute on. you because you um you um hold on. I yeah yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Get my phone. Oh, bye bye, sweetie. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, come on. Get out. Ooh. All right, listen. I want to thank you all for coming in this room. It meant a lot. I didn't get to tell about my weekend. Oh, my bad, Mama Lynn. I'm sorry because everyone jumped in front of you. That's what happened, see? <laughs> I turned my head away and Coach jumped in front and I I'm thought sorry, it was over. Mama Lynn. I thought you had already done yours. I'm sorry. Me too. I Forgive me, please. Talking to my mind and not so my sorry, Mama Lynn. It's on you, Mama Lynn. Well, y'all, I had a good weekend. Yesterday, I watched uh, Restoration Church in Rhode Island. Um, and they had 30 people graduating in ministry. So I watched that process because I met a lot of those people when I was up there. And it was amazing to watch. Uh, the youngest one was 16 years old. So um, that was good. The minister came out of uh, Hebrews 4 and 12. Because one of their final tests was they had to do a 10 minute ser sermon. So they were judged on that. And uh, the pastor was saying he loved the judge. So uh, I, I bet that was fun, nerve-wracking, and everything else. So that's what I 
watch because he came from the part that the word is like a two-edged sword. So we have to be careful. Uh, Pastor Charles, I like what you said about going through the door. That that blessed my spirit right there, right there, right there. Um, this weekend, I did a lot of sorting to give away, throw away, and pack up. Um, I was sitting here yesterday and I guess I started feeling a little overwhelmed with what to do, what not to do, what to take, what not to take. And the Lord said, everything you get rid of, don't worry about it. I will replace it. So I was telling him yesterday, I said, remember when I kept saying, I just feel like I need to just pack my clothes up and go and just, get, just throw everything away. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt. But I know I have to take some, I can't throw everything away. Some things I do need to take with me. But uh, that's where I'm at. Other than that, I'm enjoying my day off, get a little laundry done. So I have my work uniforms together uh, and get the rest of the day. So, and stay warm because, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool out there. And I may go outside and start my car up because it has not been running since Friday, Saturday, Saturday. So I need to do that. I did get my driver's license this weekend, y'all. Thank you, Lord. Wasn't expensive, so I thank you for that. Other than that, y'all have a good holiday. Stay warm. Eat something good. And just relax. Relax and relax. Hey, man, my roast is, is ready in the crock pot, so we're going to put, that's what we having for dinner today, the roast and some, you know, potatoes and something else. So that's what Tierra cooked. She cooked the pot roast and it got potatoes, onions, celery, carrots, I don't know, with all in it, but yeah, that's probably what we eating for dinner too. I might pick some cornbread. Jay Wise on you. Well, praise God. I'm glad that you had a great time and you know you saw what you saw on that uh, service. I think it is really good when you have to come up with those short-term messages, real quick messages. Um you know, putting it in together in, in 10 minutes or so, I think that is so great and so challenging. I've done that, but I had to do that before. I had to do it one time without much preparation as well. So you got to have that word up in you. So that is beautiful. I'm glad everyone was able to tune in to this episode of Waking Up With The Prophet, um, where everyone come in and we just all chat. So uh, I'm going to ask um, if Bishop-elect uh, Charles can pray us out. Um, and then we're going to end the room right after that. Absolutely. Lord, thank you for this day and thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. Oh, Lord, you're so great and you're so awesome in all your ways. Thank you that you've given us power, strength, and everything that we need to be able to fulfill the destiny that you have for us. Oh, Lord, I'm just so humbled and honored, Lord, that even, Lord, even as everyone has heard, some different ones have heard the message and that was ministered, Lord, that you gave me. And I pray that, Lord, that we would continue to be edified by one another that will always continue to allow iron to sharpen iron in this room. 
thank you that you've given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. And we thank you that within each other and, and any, with each other's gifts and talents and abilities, we have now the availability of heaven that every door that needs to be open will be open to us. Lord, thank you Let you, Lord, even declared windows of heaven are open. We declare, Lord, open heavens over the houses that are represented on this route, on this phone or this app, Lord. And and uh, we declare in Jesus' name, even anyone who's, who's listening, we declare open heavens over your house. We thank you that, Lord, you would rain, Lord, blessings on your people. Even though it may be cold outside, thank you, God, that you built us to be regulated, that our heat, that we're 98.6 and thereabouts, Lord, that we're able, Lord, to, to take it when we need to go and do anything. You're so great. You, you are so awesome in how you built us and how you made us. We bless you now, God, and you would get, just touch us and help us, Lord, to get through this season. And we honor you and give you praise for what you're going to do in the coming days. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Well, I'm truly grateful for each and every single person that came into this room, those that were on the stage, those that are moderators, those that are speakers, those of you that was in the audience is listening, those of you are listening on replay. Uh, my name is JY. I am um, great, truly honored that I have opportunity to be on this platform. I do not take it lightly. I'm in here filling in for profit as he uh, is dealing with a child. Uh, you would think that he's going through a crisis right now, um, but he just babysitting for a few hours. Uh, you all bless this man. Please bless him in the name of Jesus. But we look forward to hearing from you all tomorrow. If the Lord is willing and y'all be blessed. And this room is ending. I hope I can end it. Do I have the ability to end this room? Yeah, dude. This room is ending in three, two, one. Bye. 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 Bye.